and welcome to Spotlight, the official podcast of Grapple. I'm Benno. I'm JP. And I'm Gareth. How are we, lads? How's things? Have a good weekend, JP? Yeah, it was lovely weather. So it was really nice being out and about. It felt like, you know, a dangerous return to normality. Mm. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was really nice. What about yourselves? Good one? Good. Enjoying the summer. much. A couple of bit. Saw you in a beer garden on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, I was oh, in the... Through Instagram. That sounds a bit black mirror. But um, <laughs> yeah, you look like you're having a couple of pints at... What was it? The Black Lodge? Well, the place was called the Black Lodge, I was going to say. Yeah, so there's a, yeah. It's got it's a... a stalkery on my <laughs> I know, yeah. When are you going to turn off? Uh, we, we're getting used to Liverpool for uh, for TNT, hopefully, in June. We're going to uh, yes. convince you to come up, JP. Well, yeah, it's just nice being out in the, the sun and uh, enjoying a few beers and such. How about you, Gareth? How are you, mate? Yeah, not too bad. Same, really. It was just uh, just nice to have a bit of sun. Didn't get up too much. Uh, went and seen the lads in a four-four draw on Sunday morning. That was the, oh, the, I... the real grassroots. The real grassroots of football there. Uh, none of this Euro- Europa League or not Europa, it's Su- European Super League business. It was a uh, yeah. Seeing the uh, seeing the kids and the kids in the park playing to playing to win, playing for the love of the, love of the game. That was what it was all about. And That's a, a, a cracking four-all draw. As well. That's not what I've heard. I've heard like you know those under eleven leagues. They're they're thinking of joining in a general northwest league and just <laughs> oh, leaving really? all the ones around Merseyside. <laughs> Your son's there, forming the breakaway, mate. Yeah, he's he's convincing <laughs> the players is what he's doing. So, oh well, if there's if there's a few quid in it, I don't know if it's uh, if it's coming to him, I might change my mind and uh, I, might, <laughs> I might go with it. <laughs> well, look at you, Florentino Perez. <laughs> no fights on the touchline with any other dads or anything, Gareth. Is it not like that? No. Mm-hmm. No, no, it was a, uh, it was it not, it hasn't been too bad this season. There, there used to be like one lad who played on our team, and his dad was just proper like massive aggro head, and he was just like kicking off on his son all the time, and kicking off on all the opposition players all the time. And he was this proper big like six foot five bloke, who to be fair, he, he was pretty fucking scary. And then one one week, the opposition coach like took offense to some of the stuff he'd been shouting out and he was like another six foot five bloke so he came piling around and I was just fucking caught in between these two like massive blokes who were just like angrily going for a scrap with each other at an under nines football game so that was an entertaining start of my Sunday that day anyway <laughs> Jesus Christ <laughs> have you not got the lads into like League of Ireland or anything like that JP did you not have any have you got any stories of like trying to get them to is that not like an amateur league around Oxford way or anything you could have got them into over the what years you know I know it sounds a bit weird. My, my son plays cricket for his school, which oh. is like there's there's no kickoff for that, oh. and and that's probably where where this good school is it? Dies. No, it isn't. <laughs> like before you think of it, he doesn't go to one of those fucking Harry Potter ones in the centre of Oxford. I mean, it's what it sounds like if they play cricket. No, I mean... it doesn't. It, it's it's just that they've got sports facilities that are normally also kind of rented out. It's mm. a, it's an Oxford municipal thing. Don't worry about it, but but yeah, they um. Like the eldest now is just laughing at Arsenal. Mm. Uh, like he's at that point already. I was like, oh, God, it took me to 42 to do that. He's 16. And he's just like, oh, fuck these lot. So, yeah. Um, might have to start going back and watch Oxford some more. Like they're more worthy of my money. Mm. Even if the stadium is a fucking, it, it's, it's, a, it's ridiculous. And it's stuck in the middle of nowhere. It's also <laughs> when I went to watch Tenet and that was shite. But, um, <laughs> one thing I would recommend you lads watch oh. if you do get a chance the main card from UFC oh. it was fucking mental was that mental. on Saturday I didn't even know like we, we recorded um, 
what you call it, the movie for flashback on Saturday for the WX, mm-hmm. SX. We'll talk about that in a bit. But I went off and you recommended me to go off and watch um, the BBC hip hop documentary and the Tupac documentary yeah. that was on. I was watching that, JP. I didn't have time for this UFC nonsense. It's a good recommendation. Though. I appreciate it. It was uh, top of the pops with um, it was like it was like hip hop through the nineties or, or just through through time on BBC, and it'd be like Public Enemy on top of the pops or the best Vanilla Ice on Wogan. And like you had like all these like British teenage girls singing along to Vanilla Ice and Terry Wogan trying to look like he's impressed. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> For the known UFC was on after the JP, I might have stayed up. I didn't even know it was on. Oh God. It's made me think like, you know, you could have had, I don't know, Kenny Everett introducing NWA on top of the pop <laughs> or something like that. That's what it felt like. It just it's felt like a brilliant kind of clip show like that. <laughs> <laughs> I we've um, met a lot of rappers over the years. It's like that. Have you, well, have you ever seen that random picture, Gareth, where it's like Ian Rush with Rizza and Jizza from the Wu Tang Clan? <laughs> no, <laughs> it's just like no one in this picture has any idea who the other guy in this picture is. Like I'll have to, I'll have to dig around somewhere. <laughs> it's just like, I wonder who set that photo Ow! up. Nobody asked each other for it. There's no way Ian Rush was like, "Hey, Rizza, can I get a photo?" And there's no way Rizza asked Ian Rush. So, yeah, I, I but, thought you were gonna. I thought you were going somewhere else there because my mind was on Radio One DJs, and I thought you were gonna say, "Have you seen that?" picture Jimmy Savile, Frank Bruno and Peter Sutcliffe equally as obscure as Ian Rush and the Wu-Tang Clan Bruno looks good in that photo how... doesn't he at least to be fair to him <laughs> but did Ian Rush have VIP passes to watch Wu-Tang in Liverpool what's that like it, I mean and he said yes, so like, which would suggest he listens to it. Now, from everything I think about Ian Rush, I always kind of come back to the to the the comment that's sort of falsely attributed to him about going to Juventus and saying it's like living in a foreign country. Um, <laughs> just it's eighties football is summed up in a in a phrase. I'm just thinking about there. There's no way in those um, shoot magazine, like the little player profiles where they used to say like what the favourite dinner was and the favourite drink and things like that. There's no way his favourite music was Wu-Tang. It was Simple Minds or something like that. Or Phil Collins, definitely. Mate, it, was all, it, was always, it was always Phil Collins and Simple Minds. Phil Collins, steak and chips, only fools and horses. <laughs> yeah. Those are the answers, particularly if your name was Clive Allen or you were a member of the Allen family. There we go. Um, what? For video viewers, you got me on the Liverpool F- FC website here. There they are. It's not Rizzo, sorry. It's Jizzer and Inspector Deck at Ian Rush. Who asked for this photo? I'll try to read the story now. Ian Rush hangs with the Wu-Tang. Former Ian Rush. There we go. Former, it was in Oslo. Was former striker <gasps> Ian Rush found out when he met members of the well-respected hip-hop group, the Wu-Tang Clan. <laughs> Apparently they were in a bar together. There you go. That's a gang of lads that you never right. thought would exist. It wasn't Ian Rush goes to Oslo to watch the Wu-Katang clan, which is so much more of a better story because that suggests he's proper hardcore. I mean, I thought that story about Pat Nevin bunking off a Chelsea reserves game to watch the Cocteau twins was like a great story, but that would have just beaten anything else. Does, does Ian Rush just walk around with a Liverpool shirt in his pocket to just walk <laughs> Sean said the chat. That's, that's a two-year-old shirt. Where, where'd they come from? <laughs> Amazing. Apologies if you're a non-patron. You, you you have to you have to see this image. It's very odd. I mean, it'll be in the show images. Don't that, worry, audio listeners. It will. Um, <laughs> is that Ian Rush is really not like he's just like these boys are Liverpool fans, and that's the end of it. Like, <laughs> so there you go. Sorry, JP, you're about to talk UFC like, before I uh, railroad the connection. No, no, I won't do it. Anyway, yeah, UFC. Um, 
UFC was mental. It was absolutely berserk. It was like basically quick finishes and horrific injuries, um, which they then proceeded to retweet. So I don't know if you... Do you remember the Anderson Silver leg break? Mm. Yeah, that happened to the guy. Palmer. Yep. Um, it was it was Weidman who ended up doing it this time. Um, and I'd imagine that's the end of his career, which is just absolutely horrific. And in the first round, there was another guy who got kicked in the knee and they had to end it. And then it was just like shocking knockouts, pretty much. Just like like in in the in the big title matches were all kind of like there was one of them, it was Rose Nama Yunus. And it and the thing is, it was the biggest super spreader event of all time. It was fifteen thousand, barely a fucker with a mask on. Just a load of people going, It's over. We just declare the virus is over. And we're going to have a UFC event, and fuck it, it's over. It's it, it was it was so I can't imagine what's going to happen here because it's very much not over in the states still. What was it? What was it like watching it with the crowd like that? Did it just feel normal, or did it feel a bit odd because of it? It felt odd at first, and then it felt like you're watching a kind of classic event because when Rose Namajunas did like the kind of shock out, and it's particularly because like you know she has this whole she gets very very sort of emotional when she fights in these big fights anyway and it was so shocking that the crowd went berserk and just exploded for it It was the kind of thing that they had really paid to see like american challenger defeats chinese champion for a belt in the first round with a hot with a with a great um head kick and they just sort of went berserk and people are going to do that. Like, you know, these, uh, it made you think as well, the first wrestling shows that do this, because it was interesting on the same weekend, Daly's place actually had a, um, I think it was Machine Gun Kelly played there and it was sold out. And that was co-promoted by Dana White and the Khans. But because it's open air, it, they, it, it's slightly less dangerous, but still it was 5,300, which then makes you think, when are AEW going to think about doing that? as well um but yeah it was a mental card just full of big fucking matches sorry i was gonna say like i went to, would you even sit next to someone if, if you if you if that's the yeah. setup like i don't know if i would like i went to pub at the weekend like i said i mean mate brought his brother who i you know i know very vaguely well but like we ended up sat next to each other and we were both kind of side-eyeing each other like this is a bit close this, isn't it? <laughs> like, neither of us said anything but we were both like hmm, don't know what this <laughs> like if that bothers me i don't know if i could sit in a stadium like that like I thought it was in the League Cup final at the weekend when when I was when there was you knew there was fans going to be at the game, but I just they were just so close to each other and on on top of each other. I was thinking that it was going to be all be like dead spaced out, like there was going to be you know three four seats between them or things like that. But they were all like clusters, and it, it just mm. felt felt a bit odd and felt a bit weird when I was watching that game. Oh, and by the way, Jake Paul, the greatest heel in all of ent- <laughs> of, of all of sports entertainment, because let's face it, that's what those thriller shows are, aren't they? Yeah. They're sports entertainment. There's another one coming um, up, Tim. There is. Mm. And they had Jake Paul, he'd said some stuff about Daniel Cormier, who walked over at one point, <laughs> it was caught on social media, and started giving him shit, and then said something about him, because he was calling him overweight and all manner. Was it aware? Things. You have to think so, because Cormier is effectively... Mm. Yes. Because Cormier's finished like from fighting he's he's done that it's commentary he doesn't have to lose weight but he's naturally bigger than jake paul mm. it'll be a much bigger purse than mm. what Askren got you'd be talking you could go up to sort of a couple of million for it mm. um 
and I I could see him doing it. It's enough of a big name, and Cormier isn't. Well, what's Cormier's name? It must be like forty three, forty four. Like I, I couldn't help but feel it's a work. Hmm. Is this to box or is this for an MMA fight? This would be for boxing. Yeah, right, like, I was going to say. Yeah, for Cormier's demanding it be an MMA fight. I did see that today. Cormier wants it to be an MMA fight, but like I think that's just posturing, is it not? Depends Maybe on, on the next numbers. trailer. With uh, yeah, who's on that? Isn't Eubank on that or something? Like, I don't know Eubank. Not Eubank. About Holyfield, isn't it? Is Holyfield on it? See, that's how much yes. I know about boxing. Sorry, Will. And the Holyfield versus <laughs> Kevin McBride, who was the quite a couple Irish of people get mixed up. Who, <laughs> yeah, he knocked out Mike Tyson in the last, at the end of his big run as mm. well. And Oscar De La Hoya is coming back mm. in a shocking decision. <laughs> He was acting the cunt on that show as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, the UFC show is just weird. It was like a, it was like a, an absolute loop. But the thing to notice really from like the crowds is, and the fact it's in Florida, it, it makes you think this is starting up again very, very soon because they sold 21,000 to Houston. They're just running shows now mm. and they don't care where it is. There'll be some states that'll go, no, no, don't you running it yet. And it's like, oh, fine. We'll go back to Florida. We can just do whatever we want. Mm. Um, but yeah, anything goes. Very weird. Oh. Well, there's your UFC <laughs> reports, everyone. <laughs> there it is. I wasn't going to go fucking move for move. I mean, <laughs> as I said for Gareth, I mean, like, right, if you want, pr- like, kind of professional wrestling MMA, then I'd suggest Rising in mm. Japan because it's like that's closer to the kind of that that stuff but yeah it's it's funny yeah you no, i'm very surprised by both of you i would have thought like one of you just would have put it on just having on the bt sport app yeah. I, I, was, I, I i used to be i used to be massively into the ufc and it, they just killed it for me when they done some of the wwe and they just oversaturated it when they introduced all those additional weight divisions and then suddenly it was on every week as opposed to like once a month and things like that it just got too much like i, I used to enjoy it when it was i don't know you'd you'd pick some fighters that you liked and you kind of almost like went on that journey through with them and things whereas suddenly mm-hmm. uh, then after suddenly know who 300 fighters were instead of knowing mm-hmm. who like 70 fighters were or something like that and it just they just lost me with that when it's when it just became more about content and just try you know just mm-hmm bang 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 drive as much out as they could and then you know probably mm. similar you know sim- similar thing with WWE really then it sort of feels like it matters less I think when when, when that becomes the case but I'll still like my, my mate's massively into it so like I say he texted me about this and was like you've got to watch that main card so I know I will this week when, I, when there's something on like this that's like a really good show I'll definitely uh, definitely tune in and watch it but um, it's a short yeah. watch mate if you avoid yeah. I think in terms of minutes in the ring like thriller same thing eh? oh, it's <laughs> like about 13 minutes of action <laughs> on a three on a three hour card like which actually like bell rings because just shit ended in the first round it's like okay <laughs> I, I might be underestimating it might be somewhere in the region of like 20 odd minutes but it's mm. not much more than that i think the first ufc i went to see live there was about five or six like you know first round knockouts or first round submissions and it was just like oh, bang, bang 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 like right through it was it was fucking awesome and it was just like next <laughs> roll, roll somebody out like <laughs> roll somebody else out to get fucking KO'd it was absolutely uh, absolutely quality stuff and I think that was it when it was a, when it was a bit earlier on as well when mm. they weren't as like well matched and that people weren't as well rounded oh yeah so when you add it when you add yeah, in those yeah. days it was you know when it was a you know, somebody was a better striker up against a better grappler and things, then somebody was going to get done with, beat with like a mad submission or someone was going to get KO'd. And I think once everybody started to, you know, 
be at least seven out of ten in everything. Then again, it sort of went a bit stale for me as well mm. with the, with that. Really, when it, I don't know, it felt like every card I watched went to a bloody time limit draw or something like that. So it's refreshing to hear that there was a load of a uh, load of short high impact um, submissions and knockouts but uh, yeah not so much that injury that's one of them where when you see that uh, leg breaks like that and then when you see I think you see it when you see it go but then, but then when you see them land on the foot that's just gone then my god that just makes me want to throw up like it's sick isn't it but you still watch <laughs> Dana White retweeted it like the injury and it's like in all like his career is over like he was hitting the tail end of his career anyway Weidman right like, but like this is something that you just can't see him coming back from. It's like, you, you, do you retweet? Who wants to see that again? Unfortunately, the crowd were fully in there. Like when they you could tell they were replaying it on the screen. All you get is <gasps> like kind of reaction to it, just like gigantic. It was it was almost panto esque. Mm. That was the weirdest thing about that. Mm. While you're watching a horrific injury. It's like saying that though, it's like the Sid one, isn't it? Like, I've got to be honest, when that happened, I must have watched that video a million times and rewound it back and played it again. Maybe that's just me. Maybe that just says something about me. Mate, you just but... got a stronger stomach. <laughs> yeah, Deathmatch Benno. <laughs> that's where it was born. It that's is. what it was in WCW. <laughs> you didn't give a shit. You laugh at these lads. You'd have oh. given anything to be stood by one of those cars when the lads in CZW were jumping off and back in the day through fucking... <laughs> Pains of glass. <laughs> Look, we all like degrees of violence. Just we all got different lines in the sand. If you're a wrestling fan, if you're an MMA, I always think that about MMA though. Like, there's going to come a point in like 30 years where like our kids are going to be like, "You watched what? They just punched each other in the head, and they all had concussions, <laughs> and they were all fucked up, and it was just fine." <laughs> it's like, yep, <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's what we did back in the day. Because it was always the way, like, I always think that when you watch, like, um, like I'm sure there's multiple, like, futuristic films where, like, the sports of the future was always going to be UFC. Like, always going to be some form of, like, barbaric cage fighting. That's what we as a society were always going to devolve into. And we're just like, yeah, it's fine. Whatever. In wrestling, like, ooh, got to ban head drops because, you know, concussions. But UFC, it's like, yeah, punch him in the head. No worries. That's fine. Either that or speedball. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> all, all that, all that one. That, do you see that one? Martin put the gif up on Twitter the, today, where it was like, ba- do you know, it? it was like basketball with like, trampolines. Like, I don't know what the fuck that was, but it looked amazing. Like, I want to watch this sport. It was like a loose trampoline setup, and people were doing like alley oops and stuff off um, off trampolines. Oh, you got to see it. it's fucking ridiculous. Like, You'd easily like miss the hoops. No, you'd have to kind of like make them bigger as well. Just some, like, yeah, some ankles looked like they were getting broken in that sport. It looked full contact yeah. as well. Mate, the margin for error for that. I mean, you'd have some hilarious slash, like, oh, the the kind of level of injuries you'd mm. get off that. Mm. I do want to see it now. You've said this, though. <laughs> we'll bring it up. Trampoline basketball, we'll bring it, it back. Trampoline wrestling, it, that's what like It brings me back to a, a happy time when you mentioned those sports of early morning, Saturday, Channel 4. Mm. Like, let's we've got a load of nonsense sport. That's what we need. Trans world sport. Back Bring it back. <laughs> Fucking covered this shit. Uh, yeah. So I'm just watching, watching, I'm, I'm watching this clip now. This is immense. <laughs> this trampolining. <laughs> this trampoline basketball. It's fucking yeah. ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Go and have a look at at Bushby01 on Twitter and uh, yeah, mm. have a look at this trampoline um, clips. This is amazing. Most sports will be improved by adding a trampoline. I think I think I think, we're, I think wrestling should be leaning into this trope. Slam ball, uh, apparently it's called. Used to be shown on Trouble the last... in the 80s. I remember Trouble. I don't remember Slam Ball being on it though. Trouble that free channel. It was like the the Nickelodeon for teenagers, and it had like California Dreams and shows like that on. 
was it much cop? I'd like that. What was that LL Cool J one? That was a complete rip off of um, of um, what you call it, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Those type of shows. It was probably a bit after your time, JP. Yeah, I was going to say I was, I was at work when this was on. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it, I was. You mentioned trampolining. Trampoline. Was that, top fighting? That, that could be the one. Was the GCW backyard show? Did that not have the one that Janella set up? Oh with yeah, Tony that. Depp and Alex Zane. That that used trampolines, and that's what got Zane over, wasn't it? Yeah, it was insane. Yeah, because I've just seen it mentioned in the chat, and it was like, oh yeah, yeah, I can remember that. Mm. Uh, um, yeah, LL Cool J, good lad. <laughs> also on Martin's feed here, he's got this. He's got a great clip here, and it's just Kevin Nash walking to the ring, drinking beer. Flipping off Goldberg, <laughs> oh, destroy, destroying Goldberg and Steiner, and then drinking beer on the way out. <laughs> oh, good on your face. Like, oh. Yeah, like that was I bad though at the time because, like, I remember that distinctly happening, and it was like Nash had just been drinking backstage. Bear in mind, they were trying to get Booker T over. It was like this big baby face. And if you watch the clip the entire way, Booker T's just stood there, not knowing what's going on, and he's just to stand there with his own balls in his hands, like. All right, then, Kevin Nash just beats all everyone and then just left with a beer, and I'm still stood here. Okay, then. <laughs> uh, I love this. We, we've, we've been reminded by Sarah that uh, from Alan Farrell mm-hmm. um, that he says they had trampolines in wrestling in France in the 50s. Oh, yeah, I've seen those clips. Like, yeah, the high spots. They're the ones really? that wheel out when, when people are like, oh, there's too many high spots in wrestling. Well, it's been going on a long time. They went from Roland Bart's analysis of wrestling and mm. semiotics to trampolines within like 20 years. That's a fucking turn, isn't it? <laughs> it's like whoever like um, Vincent Le Macnon came in and just decided, right, I'm with sports entertaining the fuck out of this. Let's get some trampolines in. <laughs> it's wild shit. Sorry, that's probably deeply offensive. Yeah. <laughs> There you go. It's the same thing though. Like if I like as a kid went to like a party or anything, there was a like or like went somewhere where there was trampolines, or you went to your mates and they had happened to have a bouncy castle in the backyard. It was just an excuse to have a wrestle, wasn't it? Like what else were you gonna do? <laughs> you were gonna have a wrestle. Even when I was like twenty five, right. and one of my mates ran a company, and every time we'd have like something in someone's garden, the summer, like, go on, mate, get the uh, get the get the bouncy castle in. Come on, we'll have a <laughs> we'll all act like we're twelve again, and we would still be doing wrestling moves. So you know, get the bouncy castle in. Yeah. Oh, I remember lying to him once. Well. I was like, "Oh, can you get? Can you get it?" It was me, mate Ashley. I was like, "Oh, can you get it? Get it like tonight for like this party we're having?" And he's like, "Oh no, I can't be asked, mate. I can't be asked getting out the van." I was like, "Oh, but it's my birthday, you know. It's like a birthday thing." And he was like, oh, "Okay, he got it." And then he brought it. And I was like, "Yeah, my birthday was in June, mate. Sorry." <laughs> <laughs> but we had a good old wrestle. It was a good time. <laughs> it's a bit like Phoenix Knights, isn't it? Sammy Snake. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, Liam mentions uh, Matt Rat, yeah, that Canadian promotion with uh, with Teddy Teddy yeah. Hart and uh, TJ Wilson, and I think they had all of that like springboard turnbuckles and yeah, because that Matt Rat was the one you well, you were trying to think of when we were talking JP on uh, right. yeah. Society X about one of the weird Bishop ideas. Like he he was bang into that. I remember that being a news story during the rounds loads. It is, isn't it? And it was all the Canadian lads as well. Mm. Like I'm surprised Wrestling Society X didn't go for it. I mean, they would have had to. Put some very bad CGI explosions around the trampoline as they went through. They have a barbed wire trampoline <laughs> that youth suicide goes on to. Yeah. Deathmatch legend. <laughs> Do we know who um, he is yet from doing that route? No. Still don't know who he is. No. <laughs> they idea. act like he's a big name in Wrestling Society X. 
It's like youth suicide. It's like, talking about fucking New Jacks over here. Chris Hamrick's yeah. a better star, a bigger star than bloody youth suicide. He comes out last for that rumble, doesn't he? He's like the, <laughs> the big name. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It is. <laughs> and my God, it's underwhelming. Oh, Although yeah. the crowd sweetening would tell you otherwise. Mm-hmm. It's like the people were going fucking berserk as they cut through to the same couple of models that were on there as well. I'll tell you, mate, that, that oh. 15-year-old crowd sweetening was better than the crowd sweetening I saw on some shows this weekend. So there's a lot modern wrestling can learn from uh, yes. Wrestling Society X. Um, but that was a good time, wasn't it? I enjoyed, like, I enjoyed yes. doing that review and getting it. I was like, I, I feel like I could have talked Amazing. another four hours about Wrestling Society X. There's just so much there, isn't there? What a show. So much fucking fun. I just mm. like I just had the time, just time of my life watching that last week. It was just mm. it was just brilliant. Just for just summing for just a bit of like pulp entertainment that was just absolutely fucking wild, but with some great stuff in there and just some totally just bizarre ideas that you know again in the world of wrestling where you think you've seen everything. <laughs> Not mm. until you've watched Wrestling Society X. It was a uh, it was absolutely class. So yeah, big thanks to Carl for recommending that one because absolutely loved it. Certainly enjoyed it more than squeezing MLW in today. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> if you missed our pre-show there were three shots of JP on the way apparently didn't watch MLW everyone but me and Gareth did so we'll talk about that later um, every once in a while just throw that in no, I'm not watching it you lads can do it um, no I want to say about wrestling site X just mm. um, it was it was so much fun I mean I would suggest to anyone if you've got the time mm. to have uh, an episode of Raw in your life you've got the time to sit through all ten episodes of this back to back because um, if you thought WWE booking went fast at times things escalate in wrestling society x very quickly mm. and you know when you've got a your your final unaired episode is a is it a piranha tank match yep and um yep with uh, their version of uh, Wiley Coyote Chaos, who just gets himself <laughs> fucked over once every two weeks. It was awesome. <laughs> here he is going through a table and then bollocking him. And the other lad's just going, Mama Citas and Sylvester's. It's <laughs> glorious. There'll never be a better gimmick match name than Tables, Ladders and Sylvester's. I was giggling about that for like 10 more minutes yeah. after that happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, a, a great one. It's like I again, same as you. It's time of my life watching it. A great time chatting about it. Like obviously, cheap plug mm. on our Patreon uh, this week. Our flashback, uh, full review of the entire series. But if you haven't seen it, it's literally on YouTube as well. So just go watch it. Um, it's completely worth twenty minutes an episode. Yeah, there you Easy. go. You hammer it out in a, in no time, and you'll get to see a wrestling promotion. It's got New Jack, Vampiro, Matt Sydal, Jack Evans, and. Yeah, they're all in like this weird melting pot of like of talent. It's the it's the strangest thing. Human Tornado is the biggest wrestling star in the world. If you watch this thing, yeah. it's yeah, it's yeah. a different world, and it's it's what could have been uh, is the thing with that. So yeah, like you said, shout out to Carl for uh, Yoshino. For oh god, yeah, and the Dragon Gate guys are on there just randomly. It's yeah. just like what <laughs> Yoshino and, and Horiguchi being yeah. brainwashed. Well, it's not being brainwashed, being just starved. Reprogrammed. Mm. Yeah, re- they were like wrestling's Terry Waits, weren't they? Just like fucking handcuffed to a radiator, weren't they? Just not allowed to fucking eat. Oh. It was, wasn't it? But no, I, I'd say it was the other bloke who got kidnapped with him. Oh, um... Oh, I can't remember, but like, oh. like you said, though, it was over the course of like, Sorry. it was like episode six, and then by episode eight, they were out again. It was just like, okay. <laughs> and then they were involved in an exploding 
time exploding cage match. match yeah. Why? <laughs> the, the purpose of which is you have to climb the cage and hit like a big lever, like hit the big red button <laughs> and then get out of the cage before it explodes. <laughs> and to be fair, the explosion was much better than the explosion we saw in AW. So, you know, oh. they had that going for them. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, yeah, it's suggested to everyone, get a chance mm. to watch it, watch it. Definitely, definitely. And yeah, like I say, you can check our review of that on our on our Patreon. You all know where it is. It's Grapple on Patreon, patreon.com slash grapple. But it's not the only thing we put up there this week. Cheap plug as well. Got a reference that we threw up. Uh, I managed to get my hands on the uh, the archives of, uh, I was going to say Grapple Spotlight, but not really. Um, what was once known as British Wrestling Spot. <laughs> apparently, JP, apparently we used to own a, we used to host a British wrestling podcast, me and you, um, mm. back in the day, um, on some website called The Indie Corner, you may all have uh, heard of. But yeah, I managed to uh, pull those uh, those episodes that I thought were were gone forever um, and uploaded them as an archive for uh, for all our patrons, uh, no matter what level. Um, and it, it's been good to see. I've seen I've seen a lot of people going through and uh, and downloading those ones, mostly the incendiary ones that are to do with progress, like. If it's got progress in the title that seems to be one people are downloading I don't know what we did when it comes to progress in 2017 apparently we had some notable episodes I don't know um, but yeah I have a fucking I have a fun trip down memory lane but I'm to be honest I'm scared to go back and listen to too much of it I am mm. it's it, it's too much it's too much looking into like where we it was a very different landscape in British wrestling in 2017 wasn't it mm. where very mild we it was points cool, we, I, we did <laughs> didn't we like you want to talk about people like buying the fucking kool-aid and we we say it's like well we were in there hook line and sinker weren't we yeah as we get through our classic crusty episodes of us reviewing as i'll always say the chris the, the chris travis memorial tag team tournament and attack straight laced bad audio quality how <laughs> close we came to not podcasting again after that one that was episode two <laughs> and yes. believe it or not we were monthly with inverted commas because like it'd be when we could ever get round to getting me you and joe in the same well not the same place but yeah in the same availability to do a podcast and then like yeah after that attack one we were all like hmm don't know about this podcast unlock and spent like two months dilly dallying around doing another podcast and luckily we came back and we did one and we changed the format um and we that's what spotlight meant back in the day it was we were going to spotlight a different promotion every month and you forget about that attack one jp i think the other thing that killed us about it is we had to record it twice because we lost the uh recording the first time we did it as well fucking rank amateurs did you imagine that today oh i just if give up was like, well, i just feel like spotlight's we... not on this week everyone sorry well it's dead isn't it it's a promotion it's gone <laughs> Effectively. Oh, attack. Sorry, so I thought I, you meant recording again yeah. after uh, losing the fire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate. Yeah. Mm. There's... It's it's a scary look down memory lane. Sorry, I, 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 I was howling just listening, like listening to that first episode, like just listening to Benno with his best professional work yeah. voice on. And, and he things. says I sound more scouting than that. I don't think I do. Oh no, I thought on that first one, you you proper you. you Really trying to sound like professional audio host kind of thing. <laughs> Do I sound like Michael Owen? One of my mates said I sounded like Michael Owen. That's when I stopped doing that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, yeah, there's a bit, a bit of a crossover there. But even just listening to JP, just uh, the same. Just well, and especially Joe, he's mm. just been on your best behaviour and yeah. he's just talking, Don't upset talking anyone. very, very well and professionally and nice and laughing along at each other's jokes and things like that. You <laughs> know. In, in, in a just sort of playing along kind of way, as opposed to genuinely pissing yourself about certain things and stuff. Oh, it was oh, God. oh brilliant. I, I, had a, I had a lot of fun listening to that first episode. Oh, it's a terrifying <laughs> thought. Yeah, high stakes 2017. That was the uh, the first review. I even I've said to you, Zoffy, I even went in 
I was that like att- the attention to detail was there on that that is not on these episodes that I'm sure everyone can tell these days because I'd go in and I'd literally edit out like the ums and the airs or like if, if I kept saying the word life all of the time or what, whatever you know the different verbal uh, ticks we've all got I'd go through and edit it all down that that was what I'd do after every episode and like it'd take like three weeks for the thing to come out uh, yeah none of that quality control anymore sorry everyone <laughs> Oh, it's, mm. it's too scary. And, and the thing that caused the controversy, mm. when you listen back to the Road to Ali Pali show. I did actually listen to a bit of that. What did you think of that? Because I thought we were perfectly reasonable. Yeah. And well, kind of wary about the direction they were going in. It's funny because like Spoiler that. Spoiler alert, we were right. That episode, like we, we again, we were drinking the Progress Kool-Aid, I think, you know, early to mm. it, 2017. But, you know, as soon as like the Cruiserweight Classic happened and stuff, we were probably uh, on our way out as far as progress fans go and i remember recording that episode and just because we to me i thought we were really negative and sometimes when you do a pot like i always say that when we finish our podcast here i'll go to bed like hyped sometimes and you can't get back to sleep you can't get to sleep then can you um mm. or, but then there's some episodes like that one where it felt like a really negative episode i just remember going to bed thinking i'm not sure that was good you know felt really like down about the episode to the point where i didn't do an episode image i didn't do any episode notes i just uploaded it and just thought fuck it and then i got up in the morning and like yeah, to an ex- to 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 what our numbers were back then, it felt like you know it was ten times as uh, as popular as anything else we'd done, and like it struck a nerve with everyone that we were saying these forbidden things about progress. Um, I just remember, yeah, waking up and seeing. I think it was Rovert or someone or Frey or someone who'd retweeted it, and it had just gone crazy while I'd been asleep, and it was like coincidentally the the episode that put the least effort into doing any editing for or or even getting ready for public consumption but it seemed to be the one that we were known for it was funny though because i was saying to you the other day like when i was listening to you back then mm-hmm. then it was that that was the thing that was good about it was the, that you were balanced and if something was good you would say it was good and then if something was shit you would you know you would say it was shit and you were like it was something that you were saying that other people weren't saying you know everyone was just going on the whole sugar-coated just you know to mm. the party line and just say everything is awesome and all that kind of thing and look what kind of uh problems that gets people into but um but so yeah no i think it was uh <laughs> <laughs> you know it's it's one of them i think that it's so many of the points as well that, you, that come out of things like that that ultimately are they're validated where you're like picking holes in the booking or you're picking holes in the you know the way that certain things are done and things like that and you know lo and behold you know a year later two years later more and more people were saying the same so yeah mm. give yourselves a pat on the back lads I did see in the chat earlier on a couple of things I'm quoted of saying is uh, one of the things is I don't do star ratings it's like, well, you do now. is that what you said I fucking <laughs> All, all, all hail my uh, star rating overlord. Well, we sold out, didn't we? <laughs> By the bottom of the screen. We did. We sold, we sold out to star ratings. Like, we, we fucking undersold ourselves, didn't we? Well, that's what you said as well, Gareth. Like, we forget, like, how, uh, like, infrequent we were. Because to me, like, that first year of podcast, I felt like I was doing a lot of work. Because I was doing, obviously, doing BWE at the same time as well. And, like, back then it was a bit, it was a bit different. Because it was, like, I was literally talking about the same thing on both podcasts. Whereas now, like, this podcast couldn't be any more dissimilar from BWE and the, the other way around. But, yeah, it, feel, it felt like we, we did a lot of work. But you look back and, yeah, we were barely monthly. So there was only, got oh, 10, 12 podcasts in that first year, you know? Like, you, you were saying Gareth and you're like I, I met you like at some point during, was during that first year during that first run I don't think you'd listen you had listened to the podcast at that point or whatever yeah I think it was like um 
I, I always thought that I that I'd started listening to it when I met you, and then mm. but then when I was looking at that show list there, I noticed that the the Sabu one was <laughs> two episodes before that uh, Progress Sheffield show where I met you, the snow show, and then like and then but I remember. I remember listening to that Sabootle show. Um, so then that's wild to me as well that that was a, that was like your eighth ever episode that you yeah. had done. But again, that was what I like. That, that, that was one of the things that was just bizarre at the time. I think, mm-hmm. like you say, the the infrequency of it all kind of thing. It would just be one of the things where yeah. we were it was just suddenly randomly you'd, you'd randomly in the podcast feed and you'd be like, oh yeah, it's been three weeks since I've done a show, and <laughs> randomly one pops up, and then maybe four weeks later another one will randomly like pop like. up in your feed or something like that. <laughs> I like yeah. It was all very, uh, it was all very uh, infrequent. But yeah, it was like a nice little surprise. Yeah. Fit my lifestyle, yeah. I was going to say, JP, because it's like when we leave Indie Corner, uh, like at, at the very end, like there's a little file that you and Joe did, where it's, it's amazing because it's like you're announcing we're leaving, and then coincidentally you're in work, and the fire alarm goes off, and you're having to like you shoot yeah. like needing to get out the building, but you're trying to finish this clip. <laughs> but you're literally saying that you're like, and you know we're going to be weekly now every Monday on Grapple, so you know no need for three hour podcasts anymore. Oh well. <laughs> that didn't go very well. Oh man! When I get it wrong, I get it spectacularly wrong. Because, like, if anything, it's just encouraged us mm. and these these terrible habits mm. and the, these 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 long entry these long opening segments that we uh, that we always do. That's <laughs> better this way though, because that was the thing, yeah. though, wasn't it? We'd like that's what timestamps are there for. Yeah, there you go. I always put them in for everyone. Yeah. Like, but like we we did like at the start spend so much time trying to be like a serious hard-nosed brit res podcast and i think it's just because we didn't feel confident talking stuff like out of our area or whatever and then slowly but surely you go through those episodes and it's like okay first like 11 or so are very brit res focused then we just randomly decide to do like a, a g1 review then we just randomly decide to do wrestlemania weekend then somehow we talk Stu into letting us do an AEW review and then before you know the first hour of every podcast is allegedly off-topic talk, but it's the actual stuff we want to talk about. And then it'd be like two hours, 40 minutes in. So the progress review, right? Yeah, that progress show that happened this weekend. Let's talk about that. We were just kidding ourselves, I think, to, to a point, which is like, yeah, we do. We do. I think we needed the, to move to Grapple and needed oh, to, yeah. uh, to put the Brit Res stuff in the in the rear by the end of it, because we, we definitely were in a Brit Res podcast by the end of all that. We weren't. And especially we wouldn't have been if we wanted to cover kamikaze. <laughs> or salsa. <laughs> Just like... Or it, it, okay. <laughs> Story, stories for behind the phone. Oh, we'll that as well. <laughs> yes, and there were certain words we couldn't say too, but anywho, we'll get into that at, at some point. <laughs> but that no, was a fun, uh, fun trip down memory lane. Just even just... <laughs> uh, no inside terms, JP. You can't be, be professional. Um, <laughs> what's I gonna say? Like, <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't slag off Frankie Slot. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was, you it could... was a very interesting. It was a very interesting car ride we had from a Rev Pro show when you were going up to Black. When you posted and, uh, this was like, this was getting uh, this was getting thrashed out. But um, yeah, <laughs> some very interesting stories that yeah definitely need to be repeated behind the uh, paywall one day. Now, we'll tell one day. We will. We will. Um, but, Save yeah. the grappy hour. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Yeah. Next Q and I throw them at us and we'll uh, we'll answer anything. Yeah. But yeah, they're all, again they're all there for uh, for patrons. The uh, the entire archive. Like even got a a Rev J 
Joe interview with Andy Quilden. That is a real thing that exists. The uh, the famous free paid mm-hmm. interview. Uh, the joke did Andy Quilat in there. Progress year and reviews. Brit res year and reviews. We did in uh, in combo with Martin. There's uh, there's all kinds there for uh, for everyone to oh. check out. Uh, so yeah, get that on. Martin the, uh, kicking off. I always enjoy that. Like <laughs> getting the bin, and it's just like Martin turns. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> just completely turns, doesn't it? It's fucking glorious. This country every reality. year, every year he would do it. It was just like, man, it's just, and he never, pre- he can never quite predict it as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you cut <laughs> patreon.com slash grapple for all that. But, uh, one other thing I'll, I'll plug as well before we do move on to what's going on this week. Uh, this week, our bonus Patreon episode, we're going to be uh, debuting a new, a new format. We haven't come up with a name for it yet. It's basically match of the match, match of the day, top 10 ripped off. Uh, into a top five formula we're going to put some uh, votes on the patreon for for different uh things we can do our our, t- our personal top fives of the uh i think the front runners right now are best slash worst wrestling venues um best slash worst wrestling characters uh things of that nature you know we're biggest hard men and wrestling biggest heels and wrestling we'll uh we'll be finalizing a a, a four best options uh, maybe a five to fit in with the theme and we'll put it to a poll to the patrons so you've got that to look forward to this week weekend preview show as normal coming this friday as well as all of the uh, the other bonus stuff we've done including that wrestling society x review we've did but yeah getting all of that out the way and i suppose while we're on a on a bit of a brit res uh, point here and uh, you know will mentioned it in the chat before we started and we fortunately like last week we only really got to talk the you know the brit res appg at the very end of the podcast i don't think there's a huge amount to follow up on that but you mentioned before the show jp you wanted to mention it that yeah there was a uh, there was some brit res talk in uh in parliament this week um did it did it change any of your thoughts on the on the appg seeing a, a, a packed house of what two politicians and a speaker of the house at the very end of the day almost like it's not important yeah. isn't it <laughs> this, uh, this and coverage. it was an adjournment yeah so it was just like a kind of oh. it was basically the any other business at the mm. end of the day of of parliament i mean hearing it being raised mm. is in and of itself kind of novel mm. unfortunately if you want to get to the kind of crux of it and it's a half it's like half an hour of it or so and i mean there's also part of the reason that it's, it's not busy in areas is there are some mps who aren't in there because of covid reasons mm. and the rest but still like didn't look um, good did it? not it, good optics no it fit, but the, you know <laughs> it fit the brit rest aesthetic don't get me wrong didn't talk about speaking out like that's your kind of other thing as well speaking out is not really is not referenced in any meaningful way when wrestling is brought up immediately you can see the speaker of the house just like smiling and talking about how um like ah oh, my uh, one of my um my former assistants who was in, involved in the in the in the writing of the report and it it was all done with a kind of smile on the face mm. and it was the case of yeah the arts council don't want to take us on and sport england don't want to take us on it's like okay what you need to do is you need to talk to sport england and it's like mm. we just kind of said that, that. so <laughs> yeah 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 um and the APPG was always going to be kind of limited from it. But yeah, it, it wasn't something that kind of like filled you full of hope that, as people will know, long, if you go through those uh, archives, you'll realise I'm not a fan of the t- of the Conservative Party in the UK. <laughs> and I'm zero faith that shower of shit are going to get anything sorted out in relation to Just this. like the bodies the, pile up, JP, come on. Least of all fine. people. If this, trust me, if this was happening in opera, those fuckers would be all over this, wouldn't they? Mm, like, yeah. You know? Yeah, just vowels. It um, was 
it was just a reminder to me of how like this is just going to fall on the I don't mean to be mean to be too negative like it's going to fall on the too hard to do pile because I was I was watching I was watching it and going yeah you know the fucking I think Brian Elliott summed this up really well like Will did an incredible write up as well and everyone yeah. should check out his uh, it could be said newsletter and um, but Brian Elliott of formerly of Fighting Spirit magazine followed it up and was just like as a former editor himself he was like it doesn't half scream out that this APPG report needed an editor and so did this in Parliament because they're going on about oh oh SummerSlam happened in the UK once and oh there was a Chris Benoit reference in there and it was just it was just it was so like the tone of it was all over the place. And I think that was yeah. the case for the report itself as well. It never really focused down. And, you know, since we recorded last, you know, I managed to finish off the um, the episode of the British Wrestling Experience where, you know, they, they were talking about that with, you know, with Alan Collins, um, about Britt Res needing to get its house in order and him kind of, you know, making clear, well, yeah, you know, this is not an issue special to Brit Res. You know, here are realistic things we can do and here are realistic things you can't expect. And just listening to all of that, watching this in Parliament and also seeing the reaction, because it felt like felt like what I learned this week, and, and this was highlighted, I think, in Brian's uh, report on this all, was just how many people didn't read the APPG report. And I'm not even throwing shade at them, because the fucker was a million pages long and completely inaccessible to be honest like and the, the 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 issue we probably all wanted to read about as brian succinctly put was speaking out which as will will always shout from the houses was not the reason the apg was formed in the first place but became the hot button issue but it's kind of it's not buried in there but there's so much of the guff you've got to get through to do it and it it's already a den of snakes and a complicated well to wade through and work out but like this report was so layered with so many other things in it that it just made me think, especially watching this part, you know, this on on BBC Parliament and hearing them basically be like, yeah, yeah, there's a lot to consider there. Oh yeah, we yeah, there's a, you know, there's almost too much, you know, to, it's too broad a subject for anyone to really do any practical work. All I want at this point is like take those take the points that are in there about treating training schools like a sport. Let's just use that as a starting point. Like that is. So clearly, the thing that needs doing, like that, so, that is so like just you know we we started this podcast talking about you know uh, Garrett's you know Garrett's son playing football and all the you know people who have to train kids playing football have to get you know enhanced DBS checks and you know there's all kinds of safeguards in those kind of type of worlds. Like let's just do, let's at least let's just do that. Let's what this APG report is lacking. I think it's by its very nature, and what the discourse surrounding it is lacking is actual, real, legitimate, concrete things we can do. And I've just kind of spent the last week feeling quite negative on it now because I'm looking at it going, it's going to get put in the too hard to do pile. There's too much that it's trying to cover. There's too much you know frack fraction within brit res in general can we not just focus on like something you know discernible we can do? do will we have to throw our hands up and be like listen we can't as horrible as it is all of the abuses that have happened in brit res there's very little we can do about the promotions considering you know that that's all the different types of promotions we've got in this country there's very little we can do about show days when some companies might run once or twice a twice a year they're going to run under the radar and there isn't a huge amount you can do the one thing you actually can do is police the schools and have some form of you know some form of rules and regulations surrounding training children 
and not even if it's a case of as Joe Lanza's got in trouble for saying in the past, just don't let kids train. Full stop. You can't train wrestling till you're 18. Mm-hmm. It's too intensive. The concur- there's concussion risk. You know, you're training with adults. You can't do it. Or you can do it, but it has to, you know, for a school to accept children to it, it has to fit all of these different safeguards and it has to have all of these rules as a, as a, as a minimum and as a, like an achievable goal. Can we not prioritise that without, you know, saying the rest of the concerns aren't true, aren't, aren't there? And they are, and they should be tackled. Can we start with something realistic? Because to me, it feels like we've started so broad that actually nothing's going to happen. Yeah, and I think that was like when we talked about it last week. That was one of the main things that I thought from, you know, the the the, the part of the report that I'd seen was was almost that like so what that and next kind of element, and yeah. that was that was the thing that was that was lacking really. And I, I think that was the one almost thing to 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 grab hold of and like stand onto was this this idea of okay, well, yeah, that actually just does seem like kind of some tangible suggestion to take forward with this split split classification of. Pro wrestling, you know, mixing the, the shows and the and the and, and the train the training and classifying them in a different way, and then at least getting um, the ability to regulate them in in in, in different ways as as they should be. That felt like something like, yeah, that's actually probably a quick and easy easy win to 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 do something like that, and then at least it would bring that element of. Um, um, safety and accountability into the into the training side of things. Now, um, then, obviously, I've you know subsequently read things that you know reference the amateur British wrestling has in you know real grappling. You know, been you know very opposed to it coming under under that umbrella. I think no, that was you know you've you, you know and, and and again it's this it's this like sort of unwanted child at the end of the day isn't it that nobody wants to take wrestling under their under their wing so then it comes back to this point of it being happened to something be something that then needs to be you know established and regulated from within and god we all know what wrestling's like god they can't even share rings and things like that never mind get the house in order about things things like this you know i i I have to say i mean you referenced you know you were talking about um brian's article there and you touched upon will's article i you know i just give a just a more solid shout out to that really you know if you go on will's twitter at will cooling and you know the links there to his you know it could be said dot substack.com because i thought will's article was absolutely fantastic yeah he put a lot of time into it he got to the point in a very clear way you know he, he put forward some you know pros and cons you know it, it was it was a very balanced article there was a lot of thought behind the different elements that it was pulling out and to be honest like you know when you see things like the in parliament footage and you know that was just that was classic you've seen all your life people laughing at wrestling or you know not been taken seriously when i see the number of journalists he says with um inverted commas around it within wrestling and certainly within the british wrestling scene not even mention this or talking talking about this i almost feel like will's the only person with that you know title or you know responsibility that that is taking it seriously and actually like thinking about it in a serious way I, i think will's put more intelligent thought into this matter and this report than anything else that that, that i've seen out there and you, you know the majority of people covering it just want to ignore it sweep it under the carpet let's just talk about the the good stuff you know again as we've we've said in the past everyone always just wants to 
go down the Kool-Aid route and just, you know, err on the positive. Actually, you need to shake things up sometimes and you need to look at things with a bit more of a critical eye and think about things a bit more seriously because that's the only way that the, the change is going to come. And, you know, within you know within Will's article, the counterpoints that he makes to a lot of different areas or the different contexts that he puts around certain things, you know, loads of stuff there that I've not thought about that he makes you think about in a, in, in a different way and, you know, People should be having be having these debates, but it almost feels like that unless it's Will shouting about it, this it is going to be one of these things that, like you say, Ben is just going to filter away and oh, it's too hard and it's too difficult. And before you know it, another year has gone by and another year has gone by and things haven't necessarily changed or no um, substantive outcomes have have come on the back of it. That's the thing when you got a, when you got a report that like it's got all of those good points in it, but it's also focusing on water bottles at live shows and the response to covid and the SummerSlam 92 attendance <laughs> like you need someone like will to to work through this shit and you know uh, we're saying this about will cooling you know brevity with will cooling but like you need someone <laughs> like will cooling to provide that brevity and provide like if you haven't read the appg report go read will's summing up of it and mm-hmm thoughts on it and you know ways to go for even here in the chat jb you know like he's like he said there you know we, we need to focus on the the guide from home office so councils know you know which license act to, to police shows as well as guides from health and safety executives and regulations for schools these are the kinds of like active like concrete things that could be done yeah. like even like in the northwest i'm looking at like you know a wrestle island who are trying it they're at least trying to they're trying to corral the northwest wrestling promotions your big ones your gpws your tnts your future shocks and say can we just meet and let's ha- let's like talk like something we could all like stick to and set something yeah. black and white <clears throat> these are the the concrete things we, we need because i think it was clear to me and it was clear to most people watching that on bbc parliament that y- you can't expect anything from you know from government to happen it's gonna it's gonna take things like that to happen it, it, that's what it felt i mean because i i suppose i sounded more positive about it because i my attitude to the report was okay this is a starting point there's a lot of issues kind well, of out that's there still true isn't it that's and then he was like and, and all of that is still there it's just that when you saw it go to parliament and you're thinking the the issue that is the most the kind of the most prescient and the most important which is the protection of people particularly minors from within wrestling is not even being mentioned mm. because you know and then at the same time mentioning nxt uk mm. like at times as like being one of the things and i think that's the fear is they'll go look, look at the setup with nxt uk in this warehouse in enfield isn't it all great at the end and you're oh, like they've got safeguarding documents i bet you the, i bet you they, the, their safeguarding documents they're a traded look, company they of course they've got these things they've got they HR look, procedures probably. but they look best mm. in business to a politician a politician will look at that and go oh, yeah. yeah that's exactly what all these companies need and then we'll end up with that yep. and it's like oh yeah nxt uk and its subsidiaries like are they your best example of of, of the way forward considering mm. everything we know about those companies that is probably what that is probably your best case scenario jp that's that's the best thing we're getting from the politicians i think uh, and it's uh, there are so many things to kind of tackle with it i mean you mentioned the things you guys mentioned about the, the kind of really practical aims of the stuff you can do i also think as well it, it's that meeting between promotions and that idea of of building a like a kind of working standards policy and then having kind of like being able to kind of share talent and the rest of it and working in a cooperative way and stop fucking pretending you're Don Owen and you're mm-hmm. up against fucking Vern Gagne. Mm-hmm. Like that kind of regional bullshit needs to die a death. 
because like it, it requires cooperation in order for this to work and that's that's all he, you know that, that's what we want to see from promotions on this is that, like and that way then you're sharing the good practices it also then gets into the idea of the standard of the rings and things like that and then you've got your recommended training schools as a result and saying right okay we'll we will only use people you know using people associated with this school and not this school. if you have that around there where there's a kind of uh, standards and it kind of it links really to the equity pledge doesn't mm. it and the willingness but then we want something with teeth mm. and and that's where we're ultimately at and mm. i think for for all of us we're we're very hardened to now at this point of like the wrestling promoter bullshit patter mm. and i think unfortunately the way that it came across in parliament was like it felt like he, he that MP he was never Paul Fletcher, wasn't it? Or is that his name? Mm. Yeah, he was never going to mention like kind of speaking out or the really kind of difficult stuff. So it was summed up by the Speaker of the House at the end, of it going, "Oh, what a, what a way to end the day!" Yes, talking about wrestling, ha ha ha. And actually, yeah, that's not the tone for this, I don't think. But yeah, I think it, uh, it blew it open. And it's coming at a time as well. when they mentioned Jody Fleisch, though. Yeah, no, well. Of course, yeah. uh, all big wrestling fans here. I can remember Johnny and Jody back in the day. And jo- <laughs> Jody be running up the wall and jumping back over. <laughs> Mr. Speaker. <laughs> uh, that's it. But yeah, it's coming at a time as well when shows are coming back. And you know, like we said at the top, where they're going to go into shows and such. Like... Yeah, we've had time, and um, at the moment it doesn't look like much practical um, is being done with that time. But yeah, worth mentioning, you know, but it's not every day that, like you say, those those things get re- referenced in a court. The British bulldog comes up in uh, in BBC Parliament, but hey ho, uh, it is what it is. And yeah, before we get into the reviews, moving on to another uh, another quick news note. I don't even know. I've got a huge amount more to say about this, but any thoughts on Mark Carano and Bimbag Gate at this late stage? Anyone? Remember that was a story last week. <laughs> Gareth desperate to talk about this. <laughs> that was... You got anything to add? <laughs> when Can't we get stacked from grapple, you're going to put our belongings in a bin bag. Is that what's going to happen? Is that, <laughs> is that our future? I'm going to put. The, I'm going to buy a purple bin. <laughs> Wheel it. Yeah. Is that where Wheel we've been went? I know now. <laughs> uh, On the I... plus side, you can reuse the bin. That's even. He's done more than what WWE would have done. Oh, but Sorry, my alarm, my little camera went off today, and I, I went out to see see who it was outside. It was one of those fucking people trying to get you to do the census in the, in their uh, in their purple track jackets. I'm stuck. We're stuck in for a bit. Um, <laughs> I don't understand that we're in the middle of a pandemic, brutal. and they're sending people door to door to knock on people's doors. Go, have you filled this form in? Like I've done mine as well. Why are they still here? Go away. Um, <laughs> Sorry, that was what we were talking about. A text and a link. <laughs> That's all it is. Um, Mark Corona. Uh, to be honest, I really know, I've known very little about the man other than he seems like a cunt. Across, yeah, I was going to say a prize cunt is mm. is how he came across. And particularly from a series of tweets I read from someone who was in a relationship mm. um, with him. Yeah, he sounds awful. Mm. Um, I wonder if they'll send his stuff to him in a bin bag. And I can imagine someone laying a fucking turd in there as well to do just uh, as the extra classic wrestling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's become very clear in the days since that, like, yeah, he's not a brother, you know. Mark. <laughs> <laughs> and Randy Orton's the mastermind behind it all. Um, yeah, he's not. Yeah. Yeah. 
not the most loved man in uh, in wrestling history you see from uh from everybody that left and obviously yeah since we recorded the weekend show on friday there's been like even more you know women coming out and going no actually that also happened to me 10 years ago all my stuff got sent to me in a in a bin bag um, yeah i think the only notable thing about it for me was just how hilarious the posture was from triple h and steph and um yeah fucking johnny ace you know being like oh we won't stand for any of this this is disgusting it's like, ah, it was so transparent what they were trying to do Culture starts at the top. That's all mm. I've got to say. Yes, <laughs> yes. Maria <laughs> Maria Canellis Bennett says, like, gets that nailed done, and like mm. her and uh, and Gail Kim, who mm. are a couple of people who are treated horrifically by them, mm. and have always been quite vocal about like their kind of discomfort with the company, and they've they've nailed them on that. And it's it's were they doing this for male wrestlers? Like, because there's been of, no stories. That's it. That is an interesting point. Because I said to you, JP, on Friday, I. I'm just not that offended. Shows by the how they view the women in that company at that point in time. It does, but I'm not that offended by the bin bag part. Like for me, the most offensive mm-hmm. thing about Mickey James getting fired is Mickey James got fired because Mickey James is someone who they've, you know, treated like as she said, like garbage for you know 15 odd years. We watched that fucking WrestleMania, didn't we? We were like, Christ, how good was she? And she was still that good for years since, and they never gave her a chance because she was an older quote unquote woman because she was in her bloody 30s and her late 30s and now in her early 40s. The main yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, and like that offends me more than her, like them going, what can we send the stuff in? Oh, there you go. There's a bag there. Okay, it happens to be a black bin bag. Maybe not the best, best optics. Um, um, but you know, I don't know. I, I don't know if that's the that's the most serious part of the story for me. I, I guess that on, on the weekend show. If it was a white bin bag, would it be better? If it was pink, if it was you know red or something blue, like would that help? I don't know. <laughs> it's a fucking bag, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And it's 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 just it, it just isn't surprised, but it's it's very much kind of representative of the culture mm, that's in. But the, that's what they reply the to. Mm, I sure yeah, I said that. It is, and and the fact that they're yeah they'll ignore so much other stuff but they'll comment on this and their mm. comments as well is told in such to such a degree of management speak mm. as well it's it's just like borderline offensive mm. like writing these kind of statements and they're all so close in wording so they're all meaningless mm. yeah yeah, that's them all over. But yeah, one of the quick news that I was going to mention as well was uh, just about, I, I thought it would be worth bringing them up, Steve Mon- Mongo McMichael. I assume you've uh, mm. seen the uh, the pictures, not looking in the uh, in the best of health, is he? Um, yeah, looking uh, lo- looking good. I lo- loved Mongo as well. What a, what a legend he was. It, it's been good to see like a lot of like, a lot of people coming out and putting love out for him. Like, uh, you know, it's the type of thing when, unfortunately, when somebody somebody dies, you see you see a lot of. But like, it's good that like, yeah, while he while he's still here, people are coming out to uh, to appreciate all the uh, Chicago legend Mongo. Yeah, you know, it's it's one of those where he was just always somebody where you get these people who like cross over from the other sport, and you could just tell that he, he you know, even going back as as far as when he was doing stuff with the WWF, even before the WCW stuff, you oh, could just he was tell in that he Lawrence liked, Taylor's corner, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, you could you could tell that he just loved it, and he just had the big personality for it, and he, you know, is 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 somebody who, you know, is is somebody who probably from with his involvement in in wrestling got a uh, got. And a lot of positives, a lot of negatives as well. You know, a lot of people, you know, liked him. A lot of people didn't like him, and things like that. But he, but he, he put himself out there as somebody that you had an had an opinion on, and you know, being such a big sports star as well, it's just, uh, yeah, God, it's awful when you see um, when when you see somebody who was that 
not just a big physical presence, but yeah. just a big personality presence as well. You know, dealing with something like this, I think that's the uh, you know it was a you know really sad, but you know, again, like you say, it's it, it's almost like a double-edged sword it's great to see all the positive output that comes out there of people you know talking so positively positively about him but you know obviously you'd rather that (laughs) it didn't need to happen you know but Mm. you know like chris has said the chat there jp yeah it's als isn't it and it's just a horrible yeah like garrett said you look at him and he just doesn't look like the same human being unfortunately no um but yeah like what a legend he was though Oh, he was. And I think that's still one of the things. I mean, like whenever I see the Mongo and Friends mm. account come up and there's various kind of clips and gifs of him, like it, it's funny, like, because it's one of the things you forget. If you just sort of weren't aware of his kind of career at the Chicago Bears or anything else, he's part of the 85 team, isn't he? He's, mm. you know, he's all over that doc, you know, someone who's like a big part in, like, had, had a meaningful career in in the NFL and he threw himself into it. I like Mm. when it comes to like kind of best bad wrestlers, he's very much in that conversation. Like you said, that GIF account. Oh, like some of the stuff, like he's just a physical presence, isn't he? He doesn't know where he is. He is. (laughs) Two left feet sometimes for wrestling, but it made for for different matches than it made for entertainment moments and stuff. But he goes for it. Yeah, Arn Anderson shaking his head on the uh, on the apron while he, he stumbles <laughs> away from the spot. <laughs> Met with love, oh. but like, yeah, just oh. exactly. <laughs> but then, and it, it even comes back to like, like, why is he doing common commentary? And with he seems dog. to be absolutely loving it. Yeah, with the little dog, and you're like, this is this is mental. But he's loving this. Mm. Like, he's clearly throwing himself into it. Mm. And the turn was he, he turned on Kevin Green, wasn't it? That's became what the he, horseman. Uh, yeah, yeah, became the horse uh, horseman at that point. And Flair I mean, clearly loved him. Like, I don't, I don't think he really. I mean, he yeah. did it himself. He didn't have the the wrestling chops to be a horseman. But like Flair was just like, oh, it's a Chicago Bears legend, Steve McMichael. I can go drinking with him in the hotel bar. He's a horseman. <laughs> <laughs> just you know that. That's how that conversation went. We should all hate that idea mm. from the get-go. Oh, but I think because of him being like a kind of like a proper like kind of NFL star, mm. it feels fine. Mm. And he had at least he tried. Like I, I would say the, this about him. I mean, give me Mongo over Giant Gonzalez. Give me Mongo over Randy Orton. At least visually, there's stuff that I can connect with in some way, even if it's not very good. Mm. Um, mm. and I don't think he's shat in anyone's bag, Mongo. He seemed like he was a you know very very popular. <laughs> That's it. Like he, those type of wrestlers where it's like yeah he's a legitimate athlete. Let's just throw him out there and see what we get. And you get good and you get bad. You know one of his one of Goldberg's first feuds was with Steve McMichael, wasn't it? it was over the uh, the Super Bowl <laughs> ring. I distinctly remember <laughs> that. Like, <laughs> and you get you get be a the matches. Oh Christ! But yeah, you, you know sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And you know Mongo Michael was definitely never the most accomplished in ring guy, but at least it felt real. Unlike you know if you put him in the WWE system now, he'd turn up on NXT doing and all of the same spots in the same order as every other NXT wrestler and you'd be like spot the footballer you wouldn't know which one it was would you like I missed that I missed the, someone like sort of, sort of about him or Kevin Green getting thrown on TV that was just prime WCW always loved it <laughs> yeah. mm. but yeah like you said JV great on the commentary too as well loads of oh, loads yeah. of fond memories of uh, of Mongo McMichael I saw somebody somebody said today as well um, about him like he's like yeah he's he's someone who just wrestlers 
always look up to, you know, and he's he's someone who mm-hmm. like yeah, everyone everyone always kind of wanted to like just be around and and like sort of the flair thing, party with, and just have him there at shows. So it is nice that like he's getting his uh his roses uh, while he's still alive, and you know people are coming out and uh, and showing lots of love for uh, for old Team Mongo. Um, but yeah. yeah. Definitely, definitely. And uh, yeah, moving on from there into the reviews of the weekend, we have got plenty, plenty to talk about today um, as far as uh, shows go. It's a bit of a smorgasbord of, uh, of different stuff that JP hasn't bothered his ass to watch. But me and Gareth will uh, fill you all in, everyone, with all the stuff we've the last week. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, the, Gareth, there was a big impact show on Sunday. Luckily, two of us have watched it anyway, to tell right. you what. All those... <laughs> We'll keep How you on forget about the stardom stuff that I've sent across the internet? <laughs> I even dignify with a fucking response. To me trash bin on uh, Google Drive, mate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, Impact It Happened on, on Sunday. Rebellion, I believe, was the, uh, the name of the show. Uh, did you mm-hmm. see any of it, JP? Managed to see a match or two, um, at least. I, I saw more than that. It just meant there, there was stuff in the middle of the show that I haven't seen a bit of, but everything that was important, I did make sure to watch. <laughs> I'll start now. Yeah, the, uh, the the big stuff. I did see this morning, you know, Gareth, you were doing the update on the Grapple Aff and being uh, true, to, true to form, you didn't want any spoilers, so JP fed you the uh, the card here with, with no results so it could go on the app this morning. That's dedication, that. Uh, yeah, appreciate that. Still slagging me off. <laughs> <laughs> I knew he'd he'd have already done the work for the um for the morning news updates, so yeah, I, I knew he would have had his hand. That's true. That's true. We're only messing the workhorse of this podcast. You are JP. You're allowed a matter or two. I sport it for myself. That's part of the problem. Did as you? Well, oh, did you know the update? Oh, I, I I went through all the results. Mm. I don't do spoiler alert. Like if mm. you're listening to a, a daily news wrestling update, you like it's going to cover like stuff that happened on there so i knew all of the results which didn't really kind of like before i'd seen any of it so i started watching it on the way to work this morning in classic mm. jp style <laughs> <laughs> i love it um yeah that's a shame though i mean i'm sure you knew mm. the result going as we talked about on the weekend preview like there was don't think even rich one believed there was ever a chance of of rich one winning that main event um i think maybe the uh, the the bookies favorite would have been some kind of shenanigans which they mm-hmm. teased and teased and teased with you know having the multiple referees and having tony khan at ringside and, and all of that stuff but in the end we got a clean finish and we got kenny omega impact wrestling champion you seem more enamored with the uh, the tna belt than, to, than the impact belt to me when he was uh, <laughs> holding them up like it was quite funny don Carlos after, after kept picking the impact one off the ground and putting it on Kenny's shoulder just to remind him it's, that's the belt you're supposed to be bothered about, mate. Um, but yeah, we, it was it was a very good match. I mean, I, I said on the the show at the weekend, it was the floor was probably four stars. I went three point seven five to be fair. So maybe you know, tinge of. I mean, maybe it's there was a couple of botches in there that, that maybe dragged it down the point two five for me. But still, you know, a, a very good main event. As good a match as, as Impact, um, I think, are going to have it at this stage. And, yeah, um, relatively clean bit of business. Like I say, they teased some stuff with the uh, the feuding refs in the match. And, yeah, they had Aubrey Edwards pull a chair from Kenny Omega. But other than that, the, the shenanigans may, remain minimal. Um, and Kenny Omega is your AEW champion. Uh, I suppose uh, to you first, JP, what did you uh, make of it as, as a match once you saw it being spoiled and uh yeah what do you think of uh the decision to go with kenny i believe there's some i ask you first because i imagine you're on tnamecca.com and those message boards aren't very happy right now so um thoughts on uh, kenny not? omega taking your company's belt oh yeah let an aw do whatever they want from <laughs> rough shot <laughs> really? 
Oh, those TNA Mecca lads. Honestly, <laughs> fucking the, the alternate universe that they live in for this. Um, I, I completely agree with you. I went four stars on this. I thought it was a good match. The ceiling would have been higher. There was a couple of botched spots, and I wasn't sure if the spot where it looks like Rich Swan was going to do the springboard back off the thing, because it just sort of came across quite flat when he was like, he sort of fell on his head. I wasn't quite sure if that was a, a kind of minor thing on it. And at times... It could have done with a bit more pace, but oh, and ultimately the story of the match seemed to be like you've got Swan as the overall underdog, so you had to make sure that the that the close falls that he ended up getting actually kind of meant something, which I think they generally managed to do, mm. and I enjoyed it. But for me, the result was never in doubt. Like mm. even knowing, like obviously knowing the result when I when I read it, it was like I wasn't that surprised by it. That's why I wasn't as bothered by that that spoiler necessarily because it's, it's what I expected it reminded me a lot of the triple a match against Laredo kid not as a match but in terms of it was the same kind of quality mm. where once you take out that kind of element of doubt of of who's going to win I think that's that's part of it that that has like kind of an effect from it as well I thought in terms of Rich Swamp he was he was good I'd like to see it build him up a bit more mm. um I think he's like in some ways kind of capable of better matches but in that I think the thing is an impact is he's not often going to be having those kind of matches mm. like a lot of that that's part of the problem is the people he's going to be up against it's not like he's gone through a kind of murderer's row of really good wrestlers in the build-up to this match and I wonder if that would be something that would have um, perhaps helped him for it but yeah I mean ultimately I ended up doing four stars and I have to say I didn't mind Mauro. Like he went into some Maoisms, mm. but mm. I think he still kind of adds enough of a big name doing commentary. Certainly bigger than Matt Striker. <laughs> mm. So, depends given which, the choice, depends which Matt Striker you're talking about. Because I'll, I'll fight for the one with the Y, but not the one with an I. But yeah, point taken. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it did. I agree with that because I, I didn't like the commentary like uh, uh I, there might be a list of quotes maybe i'll read them out in a bit of some of the ridiculous like that one where he dropped in the you know the, 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 the he's the melter rated man or something went on about melter's ratings or something like that just awful um i can't stand him but i do agree it gave the match it made the match feel big by just having special you know when you do those things special ring announcer special commentator and you make the big song and dance in it i do think impact did a good job of making it feel important by doing that so i think that's probably worth the trade-off yeah and i think i think that was something that they i think during the show given that it was i'd not been obviously watching you know the weekly tv and the run of this i think they did create that big fight feel sort yeah. of throughout the show with the presentation right at the start of the show and then like the different interviews that happened um during like little sort of video promos and things that like that were seen and then when yeah when you you then got to the main event it did it felt kind of okay. This is a step up now, kind of, you know, on a, on, a, on a different level to, to what we've been seeing before. This feels more serious. I think the Maro thing added to it. Although I've got to be honest, I, I just I just kind of zoned him out. I don't think he was. He wasn't as jar. He wasn't as jarring as he previously has been so then consequently he just became another voice that just kind of just slipped into the background for for me which uh, again maybe that's just me but i suppose if you if you bring in maru ranallo in for that you probably don't want that to happen but um mm. yeah I, I don't know it was it was about getting that balance right uh, uh, you know a, a little bit with me i mean in terms of the match itself i mean i went 3.75 on it and i think that you know there was a there was a there was a couple of things 
that sort of stopped it getting into that four star level for me. I just, I think like JP's touched upon there. I think the, the lack of jeopardy, I suppose, I, I never doubted for a second that, uh, or, or I never thought for a second that Rich Swan was walking away with a clean win. You know, I've said in the past that I expected in the past, uh, you know, in the last few weeks I'd thought, oh, you know, I know I've seen these, you know, in the, NWA champ would take on the AWA champ and things and it always ends up in some draw with some fuck finish in some way and that was probably where my head was going into this that that was what I was expecting and then you know obviously that 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 didn't happen I was perfectly fine with with, with the uh, Omega win but I just I think that took away from it I think the the crowd element took away from it but I, 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 I personally don't think Rich Swan delivered like I just like it was I think the best bits were the bit were, were when Kenny was doing was was on top, and he, he was he was sort of doing more of his bits really. And when he was dominating, and he was working the back, and then he, you know he was you know he was pulling out some of his repertoire. I almost felt like Swan just looked a little bit off it. And then and I think you know we referenced there one of the botched spots in the corner. There was another one just after it that looked like oh, shit, where he was on the shoulders and he slipped off the back, and so mm-hmm. he pulled him to the ground but barely touched him and. In quick succession, both both of those, yeah, they just looked they, they just looked off, and it, I think, yeah, I mean, tired, like just off the pace a little bit or something. Uh, there was there was just something that was lacking from from that point of view. And then I don't know with the way the match structure went for me was at the end, it just felt like ten million V triggers at the end, and then like it, it was just like and another one and another one kind of. It, it was the the actual volume of them just felt like. I was thinking, come on, like, come on, this is this is getting ridiculous for the length of time that this match is. Like, for me though, I, I think I kind of get what they were going for with it because they're trying to like protect Swan and like make it so that Kenny has to absolutely kill him to win. But at the same time, it it then felt like he did absolutely kill him, and if anything, came across more dominant to me. Like, I, I get what they were going for with that, but mm. I almost feel like they. It was almost yeah, counterintuitive because you ended up with like, like basically Omega killing your champion dead and then winning clean. If anything, I think it it hurt it more than anything. I don't think Swan came across as though been physically killed very well. I don't know if that right. was just his his selling or or whatever. It just mm-hmm. it just felt like oh and and another. And it didn't feel like he was absolutely. I don't know, physically destroyed in the in in the ring. Yeah. I don't think he he conveyed that to to mm-hmm. to me. But um, yeah, clean finish and yeah, like you say, it's you know the the you know your, the Impact Champions just been pink clean one two three in the in the middle of the ring. No, you know, fuck finishes in it. So the uh, the Impact World Champions, um, um, you know, an AEW wrestler the, to go along with the tag team wrestlers, been the New Japan wrestlers as well. As, as well. So it's a, it's a quite an odd situation, really, for using these outside um, wrestlers to elevate their own brand. But then mm. I don't know what does it do to the people who are who are, who are left. I don't know. It was a it was a, it was a it was a funny match. It was a it was, it was a weird one. I couldn't say you know it was good. I gave it three point seven five, but mm. it. It would. It, I, I probably expected more. I think. I think it's give and take with that stuff with like the impact AEW stuff. Sorry, JP. Like I think like 
overall i think i agree it's worth it because i mean we're talking impact first here like you know <laughs> as far as shows to talk about and we're talking impact in general like i think there's clearly a value in that and like Mel, um, not melted it was alvarez who said that like pay-per-view buys for example you know despite the 30 dollar mm-hmm. price on fights were you know for for impact levels ridiculously high you've got to counter that with yeah, the damage you're doing you know like who rich swan got beat so definitively like you know you can probably answer this jp like who's waiting in the wings like who is that like you know unless the unless they're breaking the bank to bring samoa joe back as the savior of tna that i saw floated around today which i'd take that might be a, that might be a way to salvage things you know but like you know rich one's not beating kenny omega in, a, in a rematch yeah it would it would but rich one's not beating kenny omega in a rematch like you say that's Three of your belt, you basically your three, three your, your top male belts are wrapped up in wrestlers who work for other companies, and yeah, um, while it's probably, in fact, definitely, I'd say worth the trade off right now. At some point, at some point, Impact have got mm. to get back in the game, haven't they? And I actually don't see the route to do that. It's easier to do it with the tag titles because you can just put it onto the Good Brothers and then work it off from them. And I think you can get around that with the Omega stuff. It requires the storyline would have to be that Omega goes into an enormous funk slash losing streak and just loses the belt. So when he loses the AW one, it causes a kind of house of cards and he loses mm. it that way because it's politically very difficult. I'm in complete agree. I, I actually think that the issue is is that Impact never had anyone to be able to to kind of take this on. In some ways, it sounds ridiculous to say Impact should be funny about the idea of having Kenny Omega as champion. Because if you'd said that to them a couple of years ago, they'd have lost the fucking plot. The idea of being able to have Kenny Omega anywhere near impact, let alone as its champion, is something. And funny enough, he's going to be... I don't think he's going to be wrestling much, but he's probably in all of those tapings they're doing because they're running through like three days of tapings, I think today through Wednesday, which is basically most of their TV up till July. Right. So like, what are they going to do around that? So it's about what they do to the next show which, if you look at the video they had for Slammiversary, it's interesting. <laughs> they didn't July, because clearly they're going to try and... Do, if they're doing it at Skyway Studios as well, then they're going to wait to see about the 90-day no-competes and see if they can... Like, who they're going to be able to bring in for that show generally. Yeah, I think having seen Impact do so many bad things, it's very hard for me to be negative about the idea of them putting their main title on Kenny Omega. Sorry. So maybe I'm looking through this as slightly rose-tinted glasses. There isn't anyone. They've got even remotely... We said this at the time when he first came in. Who have they got? And they don't really have anyone like to even remotely kind of like compete with that. The the other person... I know it's going to sound a weird one. Him and Moose... I think as a as a match would be something that would be weirdly kind of interesting. I mean, there's people I'd be interested in seeing wrestling, but they're nowhere near mm-hmm. in terms of ready to be like defeating them. And I'm talking about people like, like Josh Alexander or an Ace Austin. No, nowhere near this kind of level. Mm-hmm. So it as a move and as a business move, and it's been proven to kind of work for them in terms of ratings in those kind of very minimal way, because we're right into those niches of around... 130 180,000 kind of viewers it works and if it gets paid pay-per-view buys that's what they're going to look as uh, look at it creates some buzz for them the fact that we're talking about them in terms of the first reviews on here suggests mm-hmm. that like we view this with a degree of importance so i think it 
it kind of means something. I mean, it doesn't mean that it's a great match. It doesn't mean we have to kind of like it. But I certainly think that for them, given the options they have at this point in time, being, you know, having Kenny Omega around your TV as your world champion is something that's much more of a positive than a lot of the other stuff they've done in previous years. It's all right, it's all right anyway, because on that Slammiversary promo video, like you referenced, like Samojo was on there, but like when you slowed it down, Naito was on there, Ricardo was on there as well. So they've got these big matches to, to, to come as well. They're coming out of Nashville, Ricardo Omega again. Who'd have thought? Naito, who him and Lujuro lost to Kevin Nash in a, in a, in a handicap match. Uh, and it was TNA Okada as well. <laughs> well, I definitely just read the chat there that apparently Nick Aldis is an uh, is an interested in a champion versus champion match with Kenny Omega. So we're not getting that in in related news. I'm not interested in starting for England in the European Championships. But uh, anywho, Nick Aldis is going to Nick Aldis, <laughs> isn't he? Um, <laughs> maybe, uh, yeah, maybe you can do that. They'll collect a match with the NWA champ. Um, but yeah, I think that's it. I think I think. We're right to say there's negatives there, and I, but I think you've hit the nail on the head, JP. At, this, at the moment, I think the positives outweigh it, but it doesn't mean they're not there, and it doesn't mean that yeah, they're yeah. not something you've got to you've got to keep an eye on, even if you are lowly, lowly impact wrestling. Um, but yeah, I was going to say, like otherwise on the show, what what else kind of still out for you guys? Uh, for me, I've, I've got to go straight to that that opening three way. Um, I yeah. thought it was fantastic for that style of match, and you don't expect it, you know, three three way flippy match. You know, you kind of half expect. Okay, I'll half half pay attention to the to the big spots. I know what I'm gonna see, and to an extent, it was you know what it will always be with a match like that. That this being Ace Austin, TJP, and Josh Alexander. But I don't know. There was something different about this one for me. Like it really stood out. Like it was. I don't know. It was the pacing of it. The fact that it was just action, 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 and there wasn't really any like slowdown for it. Maybe the quality of the people in it. You know, Josh Alexander is great. You know, he's been a hidden secret in wrestling for a lot mm. of years. Even I think he retired at one point, didn't he, JP? Like, uh, he, yeah, you know, he was done, and he's back in a promising position for for Impact. Um, yeah, there was something I just really loved about this match, and the you know the exchanges within it, and the, the spots were creative. You know, TJP for his faults, and you can list a million of them um, as a human being, as a wrestler. He is you know still very good in ring. Ace Austin is someone who you know I was I would have been quite happy to stay X Division champion for a while. Maybe he's someone you can elevate to do something with Kenny um, as like a bit of a, a raw diamond, I suppose that maybe uh, Kenny could do something with. But yeah, instead it was the other focus of the match was uh was josh alexander it was it was his big win and yeah i actually went 3.75 for this as well so i'm rating that the same as i did the main event i didn't even realize that there uh, i'd quite done that and it looks like uh this one's trending quite well on grapple too yeah really enjoyed this one yeah i mean i, I i'm exactly the same it, i wasn't expecting much from you know from it i wasn't it I, you know i was thinking oh this is going to be a nice three 3.25 star opener here but the, the more and more i got into the match i was like fuck i'm like really enjoying this and like you you saying there i don't know you almost like couldn't put your finger on on what it was i mean i think the thing that jumped out for me was the the, the almost the the variation in styles between the three guys in the, in, in the mm. ring really you know it, it almost felt like there was mm. you had tjp that was somewhere in between, you had Austin at one end of the expect at the end of the spectrum, and then you had Josh Alexander at the other end of the spectrum there. And I think that the way that it meshed and the different combinations that you then got when you got two different guys in the ring, it, you know, those the, the different combinations there that worked so well. And again, I went three and a half stars on 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 this, and you know, I'm the, you know very much the same as you thinking there, you know, 
um, TJP, the human being, no. But when you put him in the ring, he's is is solid as fuck. Like, he's so yeah. reliable. You know, he's, he's he can he can turn his hand to so many different styles and he, and, and and pull it off very credibly. And you, you know, again, if you if you purely look at him on a wrestling basis, there's there's very little bad I'd, I'd say there. But you know, Josh Alexander again is one throughout those tag team matches with, with Ethan Page. He always looked really you know really strong there and I, I'm just loving the fact that they're now giving him that like push to sort of break through in the in the singles here because he just looks legit like he, I, I think in in what he does whether it's striking whether it's the you know wrestling parts the grappling parts you, you know it, it just looks credible it just it's got, just got that extra like realism edge to it and he himself as an on-screen presence he just he just jumps out a bit more has just been a bit something different as well so you know as much as i've enjoyed ace Austin in the past and you know god that lad's got a fucking hell of a future um mm-hmm. I th- it, it just felt like a nice time for me to stick that on josh alexander and go okay let's let's have a run through with him now and let's see where we can where we can elevate into i mean they'll probably change the lines and fucking just go and put the belt on someone totally different on the first tv tape next week or something like that no yeah. no impact the, the, way feel, <laughs> the, the way it left me feeling in the moment at the end of that match like i was like yeah yeah this is good i felt like all three guys came out of it looking looking better and i really enjoyed the match mm. i complete agreement with you two guys i went three and a half on it um yeah TJP, this is why he's in MLW. It's why he's in New Japan. It's he's everywhere, he's isn't he? <laughs> in, it's why he's in in. It's why he's in Impact. He's in all these companies because, as a wrestler, him working with those younger workers helps them get better. Um, I just don't want to advi- ask him his advice on epidemiology, like because he clearly <laughs> no fucking shit. Wouldn't ask any wrestler to be fine. No, exactly. <laughs> yeah, if you're going to wrestlers for your world fucking views, like I think the issue might also be with yourselves. Mm. Like if you're, if you're, I don't know what to think about this subject. I'll ask the concuss- concussed lad. He'll know, <laughs> He'll know all the fucking answers. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I, yeah, I went three and a half in it and I think it was just one of the things I noted from it is it was just a relentless pace and it was what you wanted your opener to be 10 minutes kind of absolutely you know steamrolling through it so yeah I, I I really enjoyed it yeah definitely I mean you saying there Benno as well about it like tracking well on the app you know I'm you know looking here and like it's currently sat at 3.74 average so you know as much as we enjoyed it people out there enjoyed it you know more you know oh, did you you went three points on five on didn't you yeah yeah so so you know you're you're right in that ballpark there and you know you look at the main event that we've already talked about What's you know kenny and rich rich swans currently at like 3.98 so you're literally talking about you know for the vast majority of people rating it there there's a quarter of a star difference which mm-hmm. which in 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 one view is very very good for that opener and then but for me it kind of just sort of cements the idea that the main event while being good, didn't quite click because, you know, Omega Swan for both belts with that amount of time, it really should be, better, you know, leveling it out higher than, higher than that really. And I think, I think maybe, you know, it's, it's that expectations element that, um, yeah. that, you know, when you're not expecting as much and something exceeds it, then you probably go a bit higher when you're expecting a bit more and it doesn't quite hit it, then you maybe go a bit lower. So you sort of meet in the, in the, in the middle ground there, but, so but yeah, yeah, to, uh, to, 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 you know, two two strong matches to to bookend the show. Definitely, definitely, yeah. and I think yeah, 
you know, like you said about the stylistic thing, like that's probably what it is. Like Josh Alexander stands out as someone who will throw some some submissions in, and he's got a better ground game, and it works really well with flyers. It it just makes me think, you know, what that work work really well with Kenny Omega, and it's not like it's not like you know the lineup um, as far as options. There, JP mentioned Moose. I mean, I suppose you can do that, but you know, do do we want Moose on their TV? Um, for some reason, they didn't want Rich One on the TV. You know, I had some theories about why that might be. Um, um, but yeah, you know, maybe that's a, a better direction um, to go. Um, if if you know if Impact are actually actually going to get some uh, some TV time over on the AW <laughs> side at any time soon, but yeah, I think they were the two big highlights for me for the show. Everything else was kind of I don't know. It's an Impact show, isn't it? You know, you're talking. You know, we, me and JP joked on the other weekend show, Gareth, about like that uh, that fucking Brian Myers Matt Cardona match. I mean, I could have closed my eyes and I could have told you what happened in that match. You know, <laughs> too. I, I was too charitable on the weekend show. I said it'd be a gentleman's three, you know, gentleman's two and a half, and that's all it got from me. Um, yeah, not much going on there. Um, probably a a low light of the show for me. You got any uh, particular low lights or highlights? I don't know. I just feel like I feel like I'm picking on the lads, but anytime you try and get fucking Brian. Myers, Myers and Matt Cardona to a, do a blood feud, and it's not over wrestling figures. Like, and it's it's like you're trying they're trying to also make you buy into the fact that Ma- Brian Myers is the egotistical heel, and Matt Cardona is the <laughs> lovely baby face. I, I feel like, yeah, and let's just call him Zack Ryder for the purposes of the review. Zack Ryder, <laughs> like, I feel like that would be the role for him, and I think I'd probably be more empathetic for a Brian Myers. But did anybody ask for these two to have a blood feud? I don't think they did. No, and I mean that's just you know that was my exact my feeling when I was watching it. I was, I was like, it's this is perfectly fine. This is two wrestlers with plenty of experience who can go out there and put on a mm. perfectly fine two and a half star wrestling match. But you know, there's nothing there to just get too excited about or even in, invested in. You know, it was it was just Mr. Average versus Mr. Average, and mm. you know, and at the end of the day, it's fucking Matt Cardona against Brian Myers in 2021. <laughs> like it's, mm. you know, how, you know, how, how far they are through their careers as well. And to be rolled out into this, you know, I, I, I did go a touch higher than you. I went 2.75. I did, Ooh. I did, uh, I did quite like, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I threw that extra 0.25 in there for the finish. I thought the, uh, I thought the, uh, the, the, the finish was, uh, was, was worth that extra much. Quite, I quite like that with the, um, Myers helping him up and then Larry and him twice, you know, oh, after Cardona's yeah, yeah, knee. Yeah, you know, it was, it, it was, I, I thought it was going to go the other way and Cardona and like roll him up or something like that and maybe yeah, you know get that times. a bit more you know heelish kind of thing there but yeah it was it was wasn't a bad wasn't a bad finish but fucking hell it was just yeah it was fucking brian myers against Macato, wasn't it you know at the end at the end of the day and you know, it was a it was a bloody tv match and there was there was, there was no substance to it and i mean this i mean that's probably very similar to the rest of the the show in that you know there's a lot here that kind of just fell in between that 2.25 to 3.25 bracket there where you got mm. something that was maybe just nudged up slightly higher by a, a good finish or a good particular sequence or something like that that maybe invested you in it a little bit more but yeah be, I mean beyond, beyond that I mean the Trey Miguel San, uh, San Calam match like Again, I enjoyed that. I'm not the biggest fan of Sammy Callan. You know, I, I ended up going like three on the app, I think, you know, so it's, but, you know, but it's, at the end of the day, it was a, a last man standing match and it was, yeah, there was, there was some stuff in there that was, you know, quite, 
interesting and a bit different maybe with with some of the ways that sammy was like brutalizing him a bit with you know i don't know just some of the some of the weapons and things like that that were, that were in there but ultimately sammy just felt like he just battered him for the entire match and then trey miguel did one move and sammy Callan lost and i was like well you look like the biggest shit house in the world now. It, it, it kind of, when I was sort of reflecting on it at the end of the show, I was thinking, you've just cut the legs off Rick, Rich Swan because he's just been looked physically, you know, undermatched against Kenny Omega and lost nice and clean there. Sammy yeah. Callan, Callan's battered somebody. He's supposed to be one of the biggest stars in the company for, for 10 minutes and then just lost on the back of one move. From like, he, he literally couldn't get up for a 10 count after one move. And like, you're like, fucking, no, no. There you go. What you do? What you doing? Booking, booking these lads like this because neither of them look like they're going anywhere anywhere soon. And again, from the from the rest of the show, Good Brothers Finn Juice tag, standard TV tag, tag match. match. There was, yeah, three points. Yeah, I gave that. Yeah, just three. Yeah, I don't even know what. I don't, I don't even. I don't think I have anything more to say other than like <laughs> them two had a match and. Yeah. It was a TV match and it was middle range star rating. I don't think there was anything of consequence that I even remember. And I watched it about two and a half hours ago, you know. Yeah. You kind of hit the problem with the impact pay-per-views overall, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Is you might get one, possibly like on good months two, at a very good month three, decent matches. And then everything else kind of falls into this kind of like blur of, like you say, just like two average matches just mm-hmm. kind of back to back to back um because i admit this is when i started to tune out mm-hmm. like during like bits of it like with the women's tag match i was just like this is this is just an impact match mm-hmm. and what's the job of these pay-per-views and these extra buys and it's like i know that kenny omega fans will have that main event moment but really you know you want to come out talking about more people really other than say josh alexander and ace austin that's like, probably enough, though, gonna... isn't it? Do you not think? It is. You'd like to think them talking about Diana Parazzo, but then True. as soon as they put them in with, like, Tennille Dashwood, I'm just like, well, this has got a ceiling to it. Yeah. Because Tennille Dashwood's indie career has been been pretty awful. When you think of, like, the kind of star that she was presenting at as Emma back in the day, which seems like a million years ago, her, like, kind of runs on Ring of Honor, impact have just been completely nondescript mm. in, in any way shape or form and it doesn't feel like there's any star power there at all she's and progressed like, in no way at all actually yeah. in ring i was watching her and i was thinking this is exactly the same as what i was watching you do seven years ago or whatever it would probably is now you know mm. and you've got something there with diana parazzo yeah. but you need do you know what you need you need your serena deeps mm. to come in there would be someone to go in to bring in there and have a feud with her like mm-hmm. if you're talking about all these kind of interworked relationships and the rest of it, that would be, you know, they're the kind of people that like AEW could be sending them. It's actually people, people who can work. Mickey James. Yeah, yeah. there you go. But that, TNA legends, you know, almost got run over by that train that one time. Yeah. She'd uh, <laughs> <laughs> really into Oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Remember that? 
Was that yeah. with James Storm, or did I dream that? Yeah, part? James yeah. Storm was like the the mega heel at the time. Uh, speaking of which, actually, James Storm, yeah, that we're, we're missing oh. the, the big headline here, lads. The uh, in that big multi van, <laughs> you know, heaven knows we're miserable now. Is Morrissey? Yeah, uh, <laughs> yes. What are you going to do? His name appeared on the screen. What was his name? Like J Morrissey, C Mor. What was the initial? Like H Morrissey, W Morrissey. It was like, and the commentator's like, is it? Can it be? And it felt so retro yeah. TNA that he walked out. I was like, oh, it's Big Cass. Just, his Twitter account is literally at Big Cass XL. Just call him that because that's all he's ever going to be. He's going to be Big Cass. He's not going to. It's like it's like the rider in Myers problem. Like they they haven't had even a, well, I suppose Myers has had a bit a few twists to his repertoire since he left WWE. But you're essentially just getting the WWE product of them. Big Cass is someone who peaked in life five years ago and he's going to continue trying to go back. There's nothing there to be mined and make this big deal out of him, especially with a name like that. What were they thinking? Morrissey. Like, it's just amazing. Uh, like, yeah. What's well, playing up the Morrissey I'd take stuff. that, Sean. That'd be way better. Yeah. You need those classic <laughs> TNA names, JP, where they'd switch a few letters around, throw a number in, make it a, uh, you know... <laughs> like when, out uh, with Enzo Mar. Balls Mahoney was on Impact doing those ECW tribute shows, and his name was Cajonis. Like stuff like that. Yeah. That's what you need. <laughs> I, if there, there's a gimmick I'd be interested in, is a Morrissey based gimmick. <laughs> now it would be bizarre to see Big Cass come out in a kind of un uh, like with buttons undone on a white like shirt swinging around gladioli i mean i'd love to see that that would be brilliant you know. but yeah stop me if you've heard this one before he's still shit that's like you know. very good there we go uh, so they gave us that at least um but yeah I, I don't really have any other big notes on the show really like i'm looking at my grapple ratings and it kind of sums up exactly what you're saying there, Gareth, about it being, you know, a very much a three-star event because that's what this was. Mm. You know, I went three point seven five on the opener, I went three point seven five on the main, and then it's two point seven five, two and a half, two and a half, three for Callahan, Trey Miguel, and that was a disappointment for me. I expected more out of that. You know, they've been, like you said, they've been building Trey Miguel as like this new baby face, Sammy Callahan. For me, I know a lot of people don't like him, but I find them quite reliable. It was just the lower end of you know what I would have expected with plunder with them. Tiger went three on, Gianna Parato went three on, and then these your main events. Like if you are stuck with time and looking for stuff to watch, these are the types of shows, aren't they? Where grapple off useful, opener, closer. It's all you really need to see from this show. Yep. Yeah, and I think that's the problem is when you when you're asking people to pay money for a whole pay per view as well, and you know. Like, you know, when you're picking out the the highlights there, when mm-hmm. you know you can you can see TJP for for free in in a hell of a lot in of places, places as, yeah. as well as as well as on Impact. He was TV. on Wrestling Society, you actually, you know, as Puma under the mask. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> right. everywhere. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, he was on. The, he was uncredited, but he was in the one of the like one of the battle royals or something. Yeah. He just turned up. But then again, in your main event, where like again, your best match is Kenny Omega, who sort of. In, is your champion, but he doesn't really wrestle for you, kind of thing either. It's a, it just says a lot about the the, the shows. I mean, I, I certainly wouldn't have been forking out for it if we didn't have the old um, fight code for for that one. And it's 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 one of them again where having been burned a few times on on Impact pay per views over the the last yeah. twelve months with this this exact problem, mm. the one highlight of excitement that you maybe do get in there isn't enough to counterbalance mm. the bland 
palette that it leaves in the, it leaves in the remainder. I'm very intrigued to see what happens with Impact actually once um, once the crowds come back mm-hmm. because I think the production itself with and, and not not having crowds definitely feels um, adds sort of to that blandness, blandness. And I think it takes away from some of these matches. I think a couple of these matches maybe could have been elevated a bit more with a with a live, a live crowd in there. And also given that the the stock of impact is higher today than it was 12 months ago or, you know, 24 months ago even. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if, you know, if it's been generating more pay-per-view buys, if that then translates to more people watching their shows live once they actually can go you know, who knows? That might help. That might be something that just like sort of tips up feeling, feeling to the to the product a bit more. If they if they've got um, better crowds in there than they had previously um, prior to prior COVID. But but yeah, I mean, just on a flat wrestling product right now, yeah, it's certainly not something that's got me uh, running out to uh, beg for more. They were definitely giving um, NXT UK a run for the money with golf clap MP3, weren't they? Like when when Rich <sighs> when Rich yeah. got announced in the main event, it was like a game show. It was like. Woo! Like a little class, <laughs> just, yeah. Uh, no, d- definitely not as good as um, Don Callis reeling out the names of um, uh, reeling out the names of all these like legendary wrestlers, and then um, saying, "Are all insects compared to the best wrestler in the last ten thousand years?" Kenny, <laughs> like, I was just like, "That was great." Because just when that he started to re- when he started to reel out, you know. You know, Nick Buckwinkle and um, etc. etc. You know, just reeling out all these lists of legendary, legendary names, and then just like having that punchline at the end. That was a quality stuff from Don. <laughs> yeah, I prefer that to tomorrow and Arlo throwing in lines like "You can't spell Omega without OMG" and all of his stuff. Awful. Oh God, I've forgotten about that. <laughs> just like the twenty seven. 27- like some- oh God. He made some point about like Rich Swan having like a PhD in hard life or something like that. I was like, you're making like incredibly light of his very tragic backstory. Oh God, yeah, which is brutal. Like I don't know, it's it's you know, would you have Mauro sum up the wire in five minutes? He would. Like, <laughs> yeah. I can't do it now, off the cuff, even though that's what the moment demands. Oh, like, I can't. Kenny Omega has shattered the Dave Meltzer style, just like he's shattering the dreams of Rich Swan. Oh, hate him, but whatever. Right. I'll let it go. Big, big show for Impact. There are, the, you know, I'm sure, and uh, I'm sure the fans of uh, more other out there, mainly the journalists, um, will have enjoyed that one. Um, but for any um, I'll be moving on to a related subject. I'll probably keep it uh, short this week for uh, for AW with uh, with other stuff to get to. But we'll get into our highlights and, and lowlights, I suppose, of this week's Dynamite. But quickly first, yet yeah, uh, after the the betting we did last week about the uh, the ratings uh, coming at uh, 1.1 million or there or thereabouts. Uh, Again, positive news as far as I'm concerned in the mm. ballpark. You know, but slightly down in the uh, in the all important demo, um, but still, you know, the the, th- the third most watched dynamite of all time behind the the debut and last week's uh, shock number. Uh, what was your uh, reaction when you uh, you saw that number, Gareth? Yeah, I was made up. I was made up because again, like we talked last week, and we were, you know, again, I was kind of like cautiously optimistic about that first week's number and thinking, yeah, I'll give it a, you know, give it a bit more time, see what happens. We've seen that wild fluctuation sometimes with AW numbers in the in the past, but um, yeah, I was really pleasantly surprised to see that hold up so well. And you know, if you think of, you know, from a TV ratings point of view and the percentage change and things like that, it's it's all very much kind of there or thereabouts from a like margin of error standpoint as well. Really. 
really. So it's it's mm-hmm. it's just you know it feels like relative consistency for me with you know what we've uh, you know you know what we'd seen the previous week. And if now we, this suddenly turns around and on the back of that they retain a similar number, you know you know going forward for for a third week then it's all just all just positive news and you know it was just sort of nicely reassuring to stick above that million mark and not just scrape above the million marks you know stay closer to what they did did last week really so yeah i was delighted to see that yeah i I think there's a there's another reason to feel really upbeat about it they burn off any big matches because we've Mm -hmm. seen companies try and chase the big ratings and this time round, they, you know, what are the big featured matches that they blew off? Ty Conti versus, yeah, mm. Darby Allen, Jungle Boy, which is something they're going to go back to many times over the years in mm. various iterations of their characters because they're so young and they're mm. kind of going to be basically future pillars of the company. Um, the fact, again, that you've got a, a relative level of consistency throughout the show. I know that um, at the end that the Darby Allen match did just over a million but like the Taikonti Karashida being one of the the kind of high points in there certainly in the demo is is really really positive and again it's just it's the reward for booking good logical sensible television mm-hmm. that rewards viewers and rewards their attention that they're actually able to maintain that kind of presence throughout the show um it, again this is still far too early to be kind of reading too much into it, but considering how much really wrestling needs a company that's kind of on the up and up at the moment, particularly given like the various fluctuations of the, of the other companies out there who can't put together a kind of consistent product, mm. AEW are doing that. It's a consistent product. And this week's television, much like most other weeks of television, I really, I enjoyed it. It was, it was it's a good two it was a good two hour piece of TV. I've seen better dynamites. I've seen worse, but I mean, like it's mm. just following a consistent pattern, and it's giving me kind of what I want from it. So, yeah, you don't feel yeah. The rating, the rating, the ratings about the product as a whole, isn't it? It's not yeah. about the, the 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 spike of a couple of stars or something like that. It's about people watching AW because they want to watch AW, and that's yeah. again, that's a that's that's a positive. They're not needing to hot shot anything or anything like that. Which, you know, that's that's it. At the end of the day, you want them to be able to put out. X number of combinations of different wrestlers and still maintain a relative consistency in their audience. And you know, again, you know, fingers fingers crossed that's something they can they can keep doing because, like you yeah. say, they're not not just blowing two names out of the water just for the sake of trying to cling on to a rating for another week. Mm. That's it. And if I was playing EWR, that's exactly what I would do. So Tony Khan shouldn't <laughs> listen to me. Like Tony Khan's a genius because he threw fucking. Billy Gunn and QT Marshall out there, and it didn't sink the entire show. Like when I saw that match was on a show, like the fact the rating didn't dip to seven hundred thousand tells you everything about you know you can get people invested in an angle involving QT Marshall and fifty-seven or whatever he is, your old Billy Gunn. Like I think he, wow. he's literally in that ballpark. Fucking state of him at fifty-seven, he's looking fucking great. I don't, I wouldn't want to know what color his piss is like, but like he looks fantastic <laughs> for the uh, <laughs> for his age. But yeah, fluorescent green at this point, isn't it? <laughs> probably. Is probably is, um, but yeah, that's it. I mean, there was part of me that, like, you know, what did you make of the Darby Allen Jungle Boy match? I was slightly disappointed, I expected a little bit better. Mm. I expected to be honest, that was the, my only negative on the rating. I was, and that's just purely me wanting and willing, you know, Darby Allen and to a lesser extent, Jungle Boy to turn out to be these mega draws, you know, between you know, with younger audiences and it to do like a million and a half to, to prove it can be done type of thing, like you said, JP, still, still above a million, so you know, okay from that point of view, but I thought the match was decent but i went th- three and a half stars and i thought it was just okay um 
maybe I, mean, I don't know I went from like complaining about not getting enough Darby Allen on these shows to actually seeing him weekly I'm now okay is like the sheen off a little bit too is that a problem um, I don't know something about this match just didn't connect for me I oh, God. It, this match was kind of hot shotted in there we talk about hot shotting like in some ways this was like a match that kind of was thrown out there so I wasn't mad about the build for this mm. Given, like, I mean, like, he just had the TV title defense and they weren't going down a route of saying he was going to defend every week. I think that was one of the things. But that's like a kind of, like, minor way. I would say I, I like Darby Allen's finishing move, that last supper fin- um, pinning combination. I think that's mm. actually quite good for someone of his TV size. Finish. And, like, it's a good, t- it's a good TV, uh, TV finish for that as well. And they'll have better matches in the future. Uh, this is something, again, where. I think, you know, I went three and a half on this. And like, if you figure the position that they've been put put in as well, along with Ikara Shida and um, Ty Conti as well, the position of like four young stars who are unproven at this level, mm. having matches on TV, which, you know, we're talking about it not being great, still very good, still better than anything that WWE are putting on really sort of like in ring on TV, isn't it? Mm, that's true. Like... Can't look a gift horse in the mouth with this. God, I think I'm I'm massively the high man on this. Then I absolutely loved it. I really, really enjoyed it. I went four stars on this. Like literally, I watched the Omega Rich Swan main event, and then I just I still had this outstanding to watch. And then I watched this match immediately after that, and I was just left. I was just feeling like fucking hell. This ball is is blowing a mega rich one away for me. Oh, I, was, I, I enjoyed this so much more. There was so much more pace about it and so much more intensity about it. And I was just thinking about um, the fact that it was just two baby faces going in there. There was no feud involved. There was no, not, you know, it wasn't, there was no setup necessary. And it was just, the match was just about them, you know, fighting for the title. You know, basically, I, I just, I thought there was so much aggression that was thrown in there, so much intensity. I thought between them working together, they just had absolutely, like, gorgeous timing and cohesion. Everything they did just looked as smooth as anything to me. I, 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 I really enjoyed it. And I think I think when Jungle Boy was on top, I think he, he looked like a absolute superstar i think the way that you know mm. some of the suplexes he was in some of those like even just like those basic things like side headlock takeovers that he was doing that they, they had such great like torque and speed on them and they that they, they just looked so impressive and just you know just jumped out so much and then just both of those with the two you know finishes that they were going for with that um that trap submission that Jungle Boy was was putting on. Like I love that spot where he went for it and then then he went for the surfboard. Then he went back to the submission and Derby he didn't rake his eyes. He probably gouged his eyes, you know, he was yeah. <laughs> to really escape from it. Again, it just got that intensity and aggression across. And then obviously that last sub supper like cradle for the for the three was such a just a a nice, perfect way to just end a match like that that was wrestled in 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 that, in that way. Like, oh, I was, I was, you know, loving it. And then, but so when I went on the app there and threw my rating, and I think I seen it's it's averaging out at three point seven two. You know, people very positive about it. Clearly, not as positive about it as me. But like, mm-hmm. oh, like I, I, honestly, honestly, I, I loved it, and I was just left thinking, God, I can't wait for these two to. You know, in the future, have a you know mm. more time to just work like a, a pay per view match or something like that. I just really felt with that chemistry and cohesion and the you know the pace and 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 just that 
that that level of, of, of aggression and, and intensity when there's no rivalry there at all like it just made me think god what could these do if they had some reason to be working together where there was a genuine build and storyline behind it and a bigger live crowd and they've got you know five minutes more or something it was uh oh, lovely stuff <laughs> i don't really, really, really it, it. yeah i was really disappointed like, hearing you talk about it there i was like oh i was like i love this and honestly honestly blew the, i mean i mean i know i've, I've gone like 0.25 difference there That's in the in, yeah. in the rating, but it just felt like it blew the Omega Rich Swan out of the way. And I think we're there where I was talking about Rich Swan looking a bit slow and a bit laboured and a bit off the pace and just like lacking a bit of like intensity and things. After I watched this, I was thinking, mm, should I give that Kenny Rich Swan three and a half? And like I was considering going 4.25 with this. I felt like the, <laughs> there was that bit more Golf bit more gap there. I, yeah, I'm definitely um, I'm definitely going to give it another watch in the in the next couple of days because like I said. Oh. Just watched it now, but yeah, yeah, really, really enjoyed it. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. But I mean, I, I suppose um, you know. Again, I didn't, I didn't love the uh, the dinosaur and um, what's yeah, his name, Luchasaurus on the outside having that fight. That wasn't Sting. great. Um, Sting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was <laughs> Like maybe that took me out of it. Maybe you know, Darby was like healed by kind of proxy in the match you know yeah kind of had to mm. be at, at moments and maybe that didn't connect with me i don't know i still gave it three and a half still liked it enough but yeah it just didn't really connect with me on that level um wish it did though yeah definitely I, it says a lot doesn't it because we mm. we hold them such high expectations yeah probably as well uh, i mean and, and and it shows how much they've come on and particularly being able to work tv in in this way like working a tv main event where you're dealing in a tv title match which has got the tv remaining so you're having to between them and the referee they're having to really keep an eye on the time in order to make it kind of dramatic as well to know when they're going to close the show so there's a lot going on in a match like this Mm. and we kind of forget about how new jungle boy in particular is to wrestling he he's someone who I still think on the face of it, if you like kind of 18 year old me would have instantly taken the dislike to him mm. because of his like kind of very clean cut baby face ways. But fuck me. He's a star. Like yeah. he just has future star all over. And we talk about Darby Allen and it's there as well. It's just a different type of star, which is, mm. I think probably the most pleasing thing it's the contrast between them as characters mm. is going to be the thing that drives them forward. Mm. It's always yeah. going to be a case where Darby's going to have this kind of outsider thing going on. Whereas with jungle boy, it's going to be, you know, there's, he's Luke Perry's son for God's sake. Mm. Like when eventually there's a, there comes a point and you put like the TV, the TNT title for him, which is kind of like the perfect level that you want these guys at realistically, Dolly. even at this point, I know there's the temptation probably to think, Oh, could we get Darby Allen from the main event mix? It's like, no, when it happens organically, when you got fans in, you know what the reactions are, then you'll know the timing of it because mm. it's absolutely crucial. But seeing jungle boy get a T like these two going on a pay-per-view for a TNT uh, title match. Like again, I think that's something you can go to pretty easily. Mm. All said, I think it just how you focus on them as career rivals. And then you put like an MJF into the mix. And even mm. Adam Page, for God's sake, who isn't, you know, he's not old at all. These like, are the homegrown guys though, aren't they? Like, you know, even, even your Kenny's yeah. and your books and that aren't really homegrown AEW talent. These like, you know, I joke about being in Smith's toy store and looking at the figures, you know what I mean? Series one is Kenny and the books and all of that. But the, the series two and the series three is these kind of guys, these kind of people that AEW are, are making themselves, you know, and like distinct 
personalities and, and characteristics about them all as well that makes it exciting. Yeah, and Ricky Starks is one that I'd thrown to that list yes. as well. Just within yeah. this mix again, another you know another guy who, you know, when you talk there about that temptation not to Sammy rush Dallara. them, like, like yeah, another one. This it very much feels like where again we've talked in the past about having that tiering system, and you have guys and they filter through, and eventually they become main eventers, and that's when wrestling's best when you see the rise of these people over a period of time, and then when they are at that main event level, it feels almost like earned. Like the the example I always think back is you know is when you had like your your Bret Hart and your Mister Perfect, and they were at that intercontinental level, and then mm. you know there's that path that people go on up to the up to the main events and it's fine to it's fine to be at that level for two years three years kind of thing before you know the build that level of momentum to 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 move up because then it feels a bit more organic and the 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 story and the crowd have built behind them to get to that point rather than just been getting a world title match lose it and then oh fuck you know you know where where do we go from here kind of thing and like this whole i think it's one of the issues i've had with wwe a lot is where you just get these guys and they're flip-flopping and it's like one month they're fighting for the world title and then two months later they're the u.s champion and then suddenly they're in the world title next three months later and then back they've switched brands they're going for the intercontinental title someone like brian or like aj styles and things so you're thinking why are they flip-flopping up and down like that when they're veterans you know there should be that establishment at a certain certain level with Somebody like that. that, that mm. Jack Swagger won your world title, in it? Same thing. You know, he was always like yeah, oh, yeah. world champion, and then two years later, he's fighting for the US title in the opener. Like, yeah, they never, they never got that stuff right. Um, but yeah, like I say, that that that's you know for, for AW, like that's the stuff to to look on positively and look forward to the future with. I mean, as far as this show goes, you know, I think it was a, you know, I didn't think like you said, JP wasn't a go home. Sorry, like a you know a world beater of a dynamite or whatever but it was a good dynamite i think it had good yep. in-ring but also good promos like it felt like a show of promos for me like i really i didn't i don't hugely love the you know the combo of ethan page and scorpio sky being the ones to attack darby at the end if you flip rolls and made that miro based on the promo we had earlier i think you would have went off the show yep. a, a lot hotter but i did think that was a highlight of the show that miro promo the inner circle promo mm-hmm. um you know the What's that MJF's group called? The MJF and, and Goons. Um, pinnacle. Pinnacle, that's it. Yeah, I should know that. EWR Special, um, the Pinnacle. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that promo <laughs> was good as well. There was a, a lot of those uh, top level uh, talking on the show. And I think, I, I, I think you know, maybe that Jericho, I think that Jericho Inner Circle promo was that the high point as far as ratings went um, mm. for, for this show because it's Jericho and he seems to be Mr. Ratings at the moment. But yeah, as far as content goes, that was probably the weaker of the lot. But I still enjoyed it, and I enjoyed pretty much yeah, all of the uh, the talking through this show. I think with that Jericho promo, I like the I like Santana just getting oh, a little bit of yeah. talking time as well. Like he, top he, three he promo good. WWE in, in AW is like he, top twenty. <laughs> yeah, I thought he was he was good. Let's 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 ease him onto the mic a bit more yeah. and give him a bit more talking time because he, he he popped through the screen like he he really did well. It was it was I didn't know he added in him you know kind of thing. So mm-hmm. that that jumped out to me and yeah, like you say the. Uh, the Miro, uh, the, the Miro promo as well came across really strong, and it just kind of made you, you start, you're starting to feel now like ah, uh, they've just had to park him for a bit until, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. just to get certain things to come to their natural evolution in in, in, in certain other ways. I think the, the only thing with that um, in a circle one for me was that it was like leading to okay, next week it's we're having an <sighs> ending parlay, oh. and I was just like, no, oh, how have we gone? Like, how, how, how many of this stuff do we? Is it going to be Eric Bischoff and um, Conrad asking questions on the outside again? 
again and things like that. I think that was the mm. the only the only downer on this this for me was like, come on, we've we, we've had plenty of this over the last six months. I don't think we need uh, I, I don't think we need more interfaction in ring talking points between the inner circle and uh, other mm. other people other people. But um, but yeah. I mean, yeah, the, the the promos generally came across. In fact, the the um, the only other memorable talking bit for me was <laughs> was Jim Ross somehow forgetting what a spine buster was. Did you did you pick up on that bit oh, of commentary? No, it was like it was like in the power powerhouse Hobbs Christian Cage match. Um, like Hobbs landed like a spine buster, and <laughs> Jim Ross was like like he hits him with that and Anderson like. Powerbomb type, and then like Taz is like, it's Taz is like, it's a spine buster. <laughs> like, you know, I was like, how can Jim Ross not like remember the? How can he not remember spine buster? Like for Adam? all the moves for him to forget. Yeah, spine like, how, how many spine busters must Jim Ross have called in his in his career? I was just like, yeah, older. fucking hell, but classic, uh, classic Jim Ross. Oh, another line oh. I enjoyed on the show was uh, Moxley and uh, and Kingston just like just chewing scenery, like them two. It's like a buddy cop film at this point. Like I know. <laughs> Okay, vehicle angles have been overdone by the WWE, but like I kind, I kind of enjoyed seeing that that car smash into a into the inner circles, not the inner circle again. I see, I'm like Jim Ross, this um, <laughs> the elite's uh, trailer, and just them two just going back and forth. Like you always hit me, watch out, what are you doing? Like just they're just great. I just, I'd watch them yeah. all day together, just just hang out and just give each other shit. Just brilliant. This is clearly the kind of sports entertainment that Moxley wants to be doing, where he gets to riff on it and be himself. Whilst at the same time, it's like, okay, I know you want to do some kind of like skit-based stuff effectively with with this. But again, like you, I didn't mind it because it's the way it's being presented. Mm. If it's in WWE, it's presented the way this stuff always is. Mm. You know, mm. it's like hidden cameras and people walking out with sullen faces and then getting into a car and then the cutaway before they, you know, come back to the empty version of the trailer that they're in or whatever and then a fucking mm. truck plows into them and the police Well, they kind of did that though, didn't they? Like, the elite just did this. Eh. They disappeared to wherever Shaq why... disappeared to. Like, that was odd. It, it's yeah. like the presentation of it though. Mm. That's the weird thing. I can buy this with, with AEW mm. and, I, and I enjoy them. So, like, but yeah, yeah. They, it, there isn't the kind of pompousness to the, to I didn't find to this skit that you kind of get with WWE, mm. where they almost feel like you should be viewing this as high drama. Mm. Like at least it's kind of maintained like an element of silly. Even when the elite were in the uh, trailer beforehand, and you can see them kind yeah. of like shaking and the rest of it. Like I, you knew you knew what's going to happen, mm. and I think at least then you at least had that kind of build to it. So. I mean, I'd, I'd do ten minutes of this. Moxley just walking around smashing windows with a bit of pipe while Eddie Kingston talks to him. Like great entertainment. <laughs> yeah, watch out, isn't <laughs> Like Sean said, what is it with you taking people's shoes? Like just brilliant. Just like the two of them are just uh, yeah. like I, 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 like, very I, I, ro- Oh, what was that doing? Very well. What? It's very waiting for Godot almost <laughs> to give it kind of like high literary praise. Just these two two characters. I was going to go Tango and Cash, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing, basically. <laughs> that works too. Uh, did we have any of that well, before we move on to anything else? Any of the highlights in ring from from Dynamite? Um, I don't want to do it down because it was from an in ring point of view a decent show. Like, and if I looked at my yeah. average on Grapple, it'd be higher than the average for that Impact pay per view. And it's a it's a TV show, so that tells you everything. Mm. Yeah, in ring, I'd go Conti against Shida. I, yeah. I, I love that. You know, I'm a big Shida fan, and like I gave that three and a half stars. I, I, I just thought that was that was excellent stuff, you know. I think um, I think again, 
like classic things that I like, but you know, just things both of them did really well at just making things look real. And whether it was the strikes, kicks, knees, particularly Shida, I think in in, in those different areas, and then the the grappling side of things, it just it it it, it just had that more hard hitting realism feel to it than you know you get with a, a, a lot of women's matches. I thought they again similar to when I talked about Darby and Jungle Boy there. They just had that kind of cohesiveness and just seemed to just mm. like fit together quite smooth and have a good natural chemistry there. And then when you just see the the leaps and bounds, obviously that Tay Conti's come on in, in in that time, and then you know coming in and working a match here that felt like a you know really high level for a women's TV match as well. I, you know that was that was really positive. And again, she's just someone who you're starting to feel like as the women's roster grows and develops, and you know we we're getting better and better matches and better better women's wrestling take on to you in a year's time like two years time mm-hmm. I think she looks frightening where she could be at she's you know I think she's somebody who can really be offering something at the top of the women's division but offering something that's a bit different as well and you know I think that uh, with that you know judo and jujitsu style and things like that that she leans on for you know for a lot of the matches you know that works really well but then again, with it being tailed by Britt Baker coming out and again doing the I'm now number one ranked and just, <laughs> you know, putting more fuel on that fire for this relentless charge to the title of Britt Baker and just, you know, again adding another positive notch to her as a as a whole. This was a this was a big highlight for me. I think that if we went if we took like the, the main event out of the equation, this was this was this was the top top thing for me on the whole show. Mm-hmm. How about you, JP? Yeah, I'm in agreement with a lot of that. I thought after this match, I want to see these two match up more because I think, like Gareth mentioned, Ty Conti's MMA background and, and judo background mixed in with, with Shida as well. I think it works The really performance sense of success story is, uh, is all Ty Conti. Talk about, yeah, that, it, what a damning indictment it is of them that they take someone in, they look at them and they think, well, actually, rather than using these are their natural abilities and being able to work it in, you know, we're just going to try and change them into being sort of a generic thing. And here you've got someone uh, like with her, still the biggest thing is reps in the ring. Mm. So like with Ty Conti, you think in two years time, you get to it. This is like the first stage in the kind of character development stuff with, with her as much as anything else. But I really, we speak, we've spoken about like kind of the organic nature of Darby Allen and and jungle boys being their guys along, along with uh, a few others, this women's division, like what they have done with this women's division in making it interesting with a couple of really canny signings in the like of a Thunder, Thunder Rosa effectively and Serena Deep. But Ty Conti, you know, we're talking um, Jade Cargill, who they're introducing into the mix, who has... Apparently has she had a WWE real... tryout once and, and they passed on her. Jade Cargill. <laughs> have you seen her? That's mental. <laughs> it's yeah. Insane. yeah. Really, it's mm. insane like for that but then on top of that like you're talking like even your red velvets mm-hmm. like are, yeah. are, are good as well and you've got a division that you've kind of organically built and the only thing they don't really have is a the kind of experience of working in front of big crowds which is actually part of what they're playing into the Sheeda storyline of like with a big crowd and you hope that the match that she has with Britt Baker where you'd imagine Britt Baker would win has like a, a it's a, in front of some kind of a, of a good crowd to kind of really make it kind of like meaningful but i really enjoy this division yeah. like all of those people i mentioned like all of them enjoy really if you want to take it to that next level it needs that one big star from wwe which is basically one of the four horsewomen 
like mm. moving over. And by that, I mean the WWE horsewomen in terms of a Bailey, Shasia, Becky, Becky, Charlotte. Mm. Then you're taking it to next level, kind of star, star wise. But mm. going to Britt Baker, I'm more than happy with that because, yeah, she's an absolute highlight all the time. And I look forward to that act ruling the division. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be great. Just you mentioning Jake Cargill there just got me thinking about the the promo as well with her. I was getting flashbacks to like Randy Savage with the different managers trying to yeah. sign him up when he first came to WWF as as well. And um, yeah, I, I, I love that. I, I like the way they're just giving her these little bits of TV time every week. Um, so whether it's uh, you, you know whether it's the match or it's just a little short backstage interview or just a little, little bit of a promo like this, you know, just getting that little, you know, two to five minutes of Jake Cargill each week that again, for the future, they're just making her just feel like a, feel like a star and doing it very well at the minute for someone who, you know, as, as, as we've seen, they've accentuated the positives in the ring, but she's, you know, she's got a long way to go. So it's, um, but it's, but it's quite, uh, good and positive that they're establishing her at, uh, at, at, at this stage in, in such a way because she's she's just got money written all over her, hasn't she? Definitely. Mm. definitely. Um, the only thing I was going to reference as like a high point for me of the show, I did really like, I enjoyed most of the in-ring on the show, you know, Trent and Penta I thought was decent, even Christian and Hobbs, you know, not exactly must-see, but, you know, a good example of what Christian can bring to the company as a veteran, given a, yeah. a young lad like Hobbs, you know, a match like that, you know, and clearly guide him through <laughs> a match like that. It'll do him the well, the good, but I did want to reference the opener that I, I really enjoyed, Ricky Starks and, and Hangman Page. Mm. Um, like, I wonder where we're going with, Rick, with, with Hangman Page. Like, if, if the books seem to maybe be heading towards something with Moxley and Kingston... Are we pulling the trigger on Paige and Kenny already? Like, I, I'm starting to feel like that might actually be possible because he is in a weird pace right now, Paige. I'm enjoying him having, like, these, not throwaway, but, you know, little matches on, on Dynamite with a Ricky Starks. And let's all be thankful Ricky Starks is all right after the uh, the horrible bump he, uh, he took in this one as well. Um, but, yeah, you know, an enjoyable match on that. I gave that three and a half stars as well. So I did want to mention it as a match, but it did give me some questions coming out of it, like what exactly is Hangman Page's role in the, in the company right now? And if, you know, we've talked about, you know, we would personally hold on to that Kenny match for, you know, later when there's crowds, when you can tell the story properly. Something in me makes me feel like the movie this is coming now. Because what else is Kenny going to do? I, I think Hamman can take can lose to Kenny again. I think I, I think I, I think he can Before can have the match it. Yeah, and he can, and it become part of the journey, and then obviously he, he had at the very start, the very infancy of the company, he was he was up with that opportunity, wasn't he, to get the belt with Jericho initially, and then if he then fails again, and if it's as a result of you know some fuckery from the books or something like that, it's just another layer that they can you know that can weave into the into the story in that in that way. I, I don't think it kills Page dead to to lose. In fact, I think it just means that when he does eventually beat Omega, assuming he does then it just adds that extra layer and that extra depth to it that the crowd will go that level of, of bonkers that like he's yeah, been the man maybe. to finally finally beat beat Omega had you know some people would maybe just see that as like oh you know, you know it's taken away from him or he's been buried a bit by it or something like that but you know I, I, I think it's a it's that it's that clear it's that baby face negative notch on his belt kind of thing that he's got to overcome further further down the line in a, in, in a different way and yeah I, I wouldn't mind at all if they threw him in the mix there and, and he lost 
I thought they were doing something along those lines because it's the way that he kind of avoided the questions when I think it was Marvez walked into the room with the Dark Order and he didn't want to talk about it. Suggested that like the storyline is when he's mentally in the place to be a Kenny Omega, mm. who by that point probably needs to be more established as AEW champion. I mean, I but you mentioned where like so I think Paige can take the loss. I don't know whether or not I would do that per se I, I i'm still very like kind of uncertain whether or not i do that regardless i think there's other stuff you could kind of have with adam page still but it it does it's it's a strange storyline but the ambling nature of it we don't know where he's going is part of the storyline if that makes sense mm. so like you can get away with him meandering mm. because his character is kind of enjoying himself at times and he's found this sort of new group of friends and it's it's like and it's always good, fun, entertaining TV, which is going to end up endearing him more and more to certainly the television audience. And then, like, you get to the point where you got fired up Adam Page where Kenny Omega does something heinous to the Dark Order or something like that, and he's like, right, that's it. Then I think at that point you can go down that route. Down that route. I think at this stage it would be merging kind of too many storylines. But then the question is, who else do you put him in there with? Exactly. Do you, if Impact had do a ready-made a... option, I'd do that, but there isn't one. You know, do an offer match, no, the it. Impact title match on an AEW pay-per-view, but there isn't anyone to do that with. So who is that? Mm. Am I making this up? Is Paige taking on Cage for the Paige Cage. FT? That's this week. That's his yes, title. Number one. He is, isn't he? Mm. There's a belt for Kenny to collect. <laughs> no, I suppose so. Yeah, yeah, there is that. Yeah, maybe that's a maybe that's the uh, the end goal there. Um, and you can get away with that kind of trend, like those kind of upper mid carders taking on like a, an Omega on a pay per view match, as long as the match is kind of good enough. Do you see what I mean? Like they did it with Brody Lee. Mm. Did it? You know, they've they've done that from time to time. I'm all right with that, by the way. Like mm. I, I don't think you need. I'm happy at times, kind of thinking, all right, give this guy a chance in a in a main event. I find that much more intriguing than just like a usual collection of the same five, six faces that have to face each other because we consider them big stars. Mm-hmm. It's just, I suppose for this, it's like what you need something to sell this pay-per-view. You know, you need a big match yeah. and you're already doing blood and guts on TV. So you're not even getting that. Yeah. It just seems a little bit lacking at the moment, but hey, and it, and it, it, we don't trust many promotions. Like I'll trust, no. you know, what 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 we get out of AEW in these coming weeks. But something to uh, to keep an eye on. Like I say, with uh, with not exactly much else looking like an obvious headline match for that pay per view, unless you count QT Marshall versus Cody Rhodes as that. But I don't know. Uh, I don't. Um, <laughs> but moving on because we have uh, we won't waste any more time on QT Marshall. But we have got uh, <laughs> plenty of other things to talk about. We got about forty five minutes to uh, to chat them, and it's a bit of a smorgasbord of uh, of different. Stuff to talk we've all seen new japan strong jp's got a bit of a all japan catch-up for us two-thirds of us have seen the mlw tv um one of us even watched some mcw i don't know where should we go first lads what's the uh i can use you, you should talk about ML, mlw oh have we all have we all watched the uh, new japan strong actually yeah we? i think new japan strong is probably the one yeah. I, don't, I don't have enough to say about to, to carry a big conversation uh did you catch up with new japan strong today J- uh, gareth I, w- I watched the main event literally when we were doing our pre-show there, so I've watched it with uh, I've, I've I've watched it with sound off and while uh, mm. while we were chatting. So to be to be fair, uh, you know, I, w- I don't want to go into a great deal of depth sort of thing, but I thought I, oh, I better watch I better, I better watch it just to have a, a view on it. But it, yeah, it looks it, as I was watching it, I was thinking, yeah, I want to watch like this a U match. because it. 
it looks it looks very hard hitting and mm-hmm. um, like I, I love the finish from from what I saw of it there as well. So yeah, don't don't uh, don't expect any depth out of me on this one. I'll, <laughs> I'll leave it to you too. I'll I'll I'll, I'll pick up MLW Fusion duties. Oh, I, I, good lad. I thought it was no. I thought it was a really strong match, and the first thing I thought was yeah. you will like this because. It is. It was very like you know, Tom Lawler is you know as good as anyone at you know making the MMA style work in wrestling. But I thought Brody King was perfect. It's like the like just being just being the big guy, being being the the hard immovable object to beat for a for a Tom Lawler. And you got like you say realistic, hard hitting feeling action that like to me has been missing like i found this so much more compelling than anything else new japan has got oh. going on right now like to the point where i was watching like watching it go and this is like it's almost sad because it's like cosplay new japan because it's it looks like new japan the ring's the same even like you know because it's pitch black you could picture that being like a you know a big big arena in japan or something like that all the presentations down and i'm watching it thinking god i wish tom lawler was like doing this and killing it in like proper new japan where it it really matters um rather than here but i i love this i don't say love it i gave it 3.75 which seems to be could even be the title of this podcast today. I think there's been a lot of 3.75 being uh, thrown around, but that's 3.75 for an empty arena New Japan strong match, which again, context, isn't it? You know, uh, it's not exactly like I, I tend to love um, these shows because they do come across quite dead, but this was the type of match that I think worked against that in that, you know, mm. bit like, you know, we talked about UFC at the top of the show. These UFCs in the pandemic at the start were great because you could hear the hard shots and I think it made all the difference. That's kind of what I took out of this one is that you could hear, you know, the, the, that it was legitimately a stiff match. And, you know, when Brody King was launching Tom Lawler over all over the ring, you were genuinely, you know, in worry for him being in peril. And it took Tom Lawler having to scratch and claw back and, you know, use his, his MMA and use his, his choke out to, to take out brody and even in that they gave brody plenty than that like yeah you know it looked like he was gonna fight out of the choke but then he still passed out that was a nice little moment they gave the match as well i thought it was, it was really really good and you know you're a big tom lawler fan um jp as well obviously i could i don't know big moments like this does he need to do the daisy dukes thing can he not like you know maybe leave that at home no. leave that leave that for mlw yeah <laughs> i don't know if that was needed um but other than that a perfect presentation of a of a new japan style you know, not main events, but, you know, something that you could be like the never title match on, you know, the middle of a show somewhere yeah. that you go away going, oof, I saw a real battle there. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I loved it. I went four stars. Yeah. Um, it, it was, it, it, for me, it was, I woke up and I watched this and I made sure not to go on social media because I just didn't want to spoil it. Mm. And it, it really delivered for me, like you say, for all the reasons you mentioned in, in terms of the storyline of the match as well. And like I said, I just love the fact that, Brody um, King got so much out of this, and he feels like some like both of these guys are people I'd like to see on cards because I think Brody King is a monster out there. Like effectively, if he turned out to be like a replacement for Farley in those roles and those kind of matches, mm. I'm more than happy with that. Um, and he's someone who's who the fact he's been with Ring of Honor a while suggests that that's the route he wants to go down, and there's very much a role for that. And he's Tom Lawler has been generally the highlight of New Japan Strong mm. since its inception. He has been the highlight. For me, still one of my favourite matches is him versus Fred Rosser, the former Darren Young. <laughs> I enjoy the fact that they're going towards him versus Chris Dickinson 
like and the way that they did that as well with the presentation all of all of these things it makes me wonder like you know there's this this is the kind of thing that you're kind of sorely missing from um like new japan itself at the minute like you say so it feels like kind of heartbreaking at the same time because it happens in front of such a like small audience relatively and, and you're thinking god you could do with these kind of matches in in new japan mm. so yeah i um i really really hope that like this is going to be like becomes like the filthy tom show for a bit as well because Featuring chris dickinson every, yeah and chris dickinson as well um but they just had that. those t-shirts they had those t-shirts made which mm. i thought looked really cool with the team filthy like in kind of nintendo <laughs> 8-bit design yeah and and it's something that tom lawler brings up when chris dickinson's leaving the ring and walking off and he's like we've just had t-shirts made what are you doing <laughs> <laughs> he was great he was like chewing oh. they went near the uh, the ring and i got in and tom lawler was like you gonna challenge me is this what this is like he's like yeah. backing off from the ring and i thought they did that really well because i knew it was coming it maybe looked a little bit hokey with with your Lola going oh is anyone going to challenge me and no one comes out bro that was a nice way of doing it having like Dickinson step up and J- I thought JR Kratos was great in the background as well selling like the yeah. the, the betrayal of it type of thing um, again I'm a GCW homer so you know I'm going to enjoy them two getting involved in a big angle with uh, with Tom Laurel at the end but that's genuinely a that'll be a great match like I'll, I'll that is mm-hmm. you know I don't find New Japan strong particularly appointment viewing but you know whenever that match is delivered I will be tuning in for it because i think they did a good job of making it feel important and even you know lola making light of the fact that oh this is what we do isn't it you know i won come on bring me challenger out you know it's happening we see it on every new japan show already he's got that little bit of a smarky awareness that i always uh love all tom lola yeah if there's any justice him and a few people off the show will be be over in uh, Japan at some point rather than doing as uh, Dylan has said in the chat doing the uh, the New Japan equivalent of NXT UK which is harsh but kind of kind of what New Japan stronger <laughs> feels like at times but uh, <laughs> uh, any thoughts on the, on the rest of the show at all like I didn't really th- think the other two matches on the show were much to write home about but solid enough New Japan strong style action I imagine you probably got a bit more mileage out of the MJP. I thought they were fine. I mean, it was interesting seeing Wheeler Utah on there. Mm-hmm. They did the usual, which is um, you did enough to kind of earn the respect of Rocky Romero in there, who they're telling this kind of from the bottom up story. Mm-hmm. I, I was fine. I mean, a lot of the matches always sort of range from your two and a half to three stars, generally across all of the shows. Gareth mm-hmm. could, could give you the stats on that, but like it's, <laughs> it's very much in that vein. And um, yeah, I'm trying to remember who was in the opener actually at this point. Was it? T- uh, Clark Connors and TJP. It was yep. yeah, Joe Crazy Clark and TJP and Rocky versus it. Yeah, and again, absolutely kind of fine television wrestling. It makes you also think as well with the kind of cards they've built up when they do go on the roads. One of the things these shows, and it'll be a test of how many people are watching it, is actually if you go throughout them, there's a decent card of wrestling, like mm. what you could put together. It's not going to blow anyone away. I can't see it drawing more than a few hundred people at best, but I'd enjoy it probably. But then you know, <laughs> I was waiting for what the book was going, and the book was, going to but the, I'd like it. <laughs> I'd like it. No one but you're really it. appealing it to make a any money, but <laughs> no. If you want to put on Tom Lawler, Chris Dickinson, and there's a, a ways and means of me going, well, I'll then, be yeah, there. I'll mate. go there. Two tickets yeah, I'll go. there. <laughs> yeah. 
Shame it's uh, shame it's on Roku and not on um, on um, not Vice. on Thingy, isn't it? On Vice, where uh, yeah, where all the ever, ever landed. That was a uh, that yeah. was odd odd scenario, wasn't it? Mm. Mm. Very weird. Very that, weird. That is very very weird because one of the things that Vice has, and and you know, you'll talk about you talk about MLW, but um, like Vice really appeals to like a young that younger demographic. And imagine New Japan following Dark Side of the Ring in that kind of time slot. Mm. Like, you've got something there. Mm. Like, you've got an audience there. And you're probably, you're talking about an audience of older fans. And the idea would be that you'd probably want to show them, even you just put fucking classic matches. Mm. Just like, I don't know, put fucking a card of Tanahashi out there. And people go, oh, yeah, this is kind of like old wrestling where they're having a proper match mm. and all of this stuff. And there's no kind of silliness. Then I think that. That would have worked perfectly, but they um they went with MLW. Japan said no. Every week where I'm going to watch Strong, I, well, not every week, but every time I decide I'm going to watch it, I'm like, where do I watch it again? And like, it takes me a while to, oh, it's not on YouTube. Oh, it's it's a New Japan World product, right? It'd be so great in like a, a proper slot like that on TV, just because it would end up at Watch Wrestling, to be honest, is my main motive behind this. But still, <laughs> I would like it to, to appear somewhere uh, a little bit more, uh, I don't know, uh, where it can be you know, used to promote the fact that, you know, that New Japan exists in the, in the US, which is kind of the point of it, isn't it? So why bury it on your streaming service? That the only people who are going to see it are existing fans anyway. So it's, yeah, a lot of things New Japan do at the moment are, are completely mind-boggling. Like, did you see that? Like, they've got a, a, like, they've gone from cracking down on GIFs, and this isn't so much New Japan as it is a, a TVSI, screenshots, and now getting taken down off Twitter and the like. Like, think... If, is there a company making more backward steps this year than New Japan as a whole? Like, talk about a way to find, like, apparently there was a big tag match this morning with, like, some really interesting Osprey and, and Shingo interactions. Like, you, you wouldn't know on my timeline. Like, I feel like I follow most of the great and good from, like, the hardcore wrestling Twitter fandom and, like, I, you couldn't find people talking about the show at the search party this morning for me. If anything, more people were talking about Strong this week. I completely forgot about that show this morning until you've mentioned it just now. <laughs> we previewed it on we, Friday. We, and, and we do, a, yep, previewed yeah, it. Yeah. I'd have mentioned it yeah. at various points. Um, okay. We do a is wrestling it, podcast. Is it, is, it, is it an actual show? Is it an actual show or a road to show? Oh, it was a road to, but it had a couple of singles matches. Nah. I had there. Nah, right, okay. Great O'Conn versus Naito Gareth. I would have thought that would have burned down the grapple app, no? Is it even on there? Did you bother? <laughs> um, I have, well, I haven't put any on from this morning, so no. Yeah, uh, has so anyone asked? Wants, yeah. <laughs> I bet they haven't. Like, but no, nobody's rating these Road 2 shows. Like, I, oh. I put them up, and, we, you know, you're literally talking handfuls of people, like, that are that, oh. that are rating these. It's, uh, it's, it's bizarre, because even you know, 12, 18 months ago, when you were sticking Road 2 shows on, you still had sort of a semi-decent number of people. You put ratings in. I'm looking here, like nine people have rated the show from the twentieth of April. So that's like, you know, a fucking week ago at this point. Nine people have nine people have rated it. And like, it's just an odd. Yeah, you do get that feeling that the whole New Japan thing, like you say, your timeline. People just aren't talking about it, are they? And, and anymore, the, uh, the the buzz has buzz has definitely uh, definitely gone from that point of view. And just just shows you, doesn't it, how quickly you can mm-hmm. you can turn the tide by just making three or four you know mm-hmm. major negative decisions close to each other just you know you think you're on top of the world and then before you know it you fucking <laughs> you know you're right down at the at the bottom because they yeah they don't feel essential to mm-hmm. to any degree at the moment 
Absolutely the truth. Pointed out on the weekend preview that the fact that there's massive COVID restrictions, which I imagine are going to get more intense. I don't want to say these things are a blessing in disguise, but I think for them not running shows and taking a look at themselves, if they've got any kind of self-awareness about this, is something that they should really think about doing mm. at this time. Because those those dome shows just look like the worst idea. And it'll be like just trying to make a stadium pitch black, which renders the entire thing completely redundant unless they've been given it for nothing. It's like, mm. what are you going to do? Are you going to have a couple of people, just thousand people spread out on the floor? Ugh. Look like progress and Ali Pally in that case, wouldn't it? <laughs> I mean, like, it's not like that far removed, but you're just having to darken out all of the stands. So, like, really, what's the point? I mean, it, it, I, I know we're not in Japan but you don't get the impression of any buzz because you look at the attendances for a lot of these row two shows. What are they? 300. Mm. Yeah. Like, mm. fuck me. And these are cards with people like Tanahashi and Akada and Naito being wheeled out on them. And they're like well, burning through that fan base. I'm just looking now at the results from today. And <laughs> then the semi-main, Sonada and Aaron Hanari went 23 minutes. <sighs> And in the no. main event, Naito, Naito and Great O'Khan went 27. Great no. O'Khan in a 27-minute match. That's Sorry, almost I three episodes of Wrestling Society. Night, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I haven't got I haven't got fucking 27 minutes of my life to be spent on Naito against Great O'Khan. No chance. Oh, Mate. Christ. Yeah. Think of what episode 10 of Wrestling Society X delivered. Mm. Like in less of the time than both of those matches. Yeah, says everything done. Says everything. Yeah, you know, I'm pretty sure JP, we've got a uh, preview on our hands this weekend where we're previewing. I think Dontaku's this weekend. Is it not thirtieth? Yeah, it is. We're just looking on cage match. I actually have to look oh, it up to make sure. Uh, <laughs> that's the that is no, uh, that is in fact uh, a thing. Oh wait, no, it's not. There, the man. It's uh, middle of next week, so we'll still <laughs> we'll still we'll still mention it, I suppose. But it says Everton. I don't even know when the fucking show is, and Shingo Osprey's on that. Uh, like, you know, uh, terrible time to be a, a new Japan fan. But yeah, I saw uh, Ben Owen say today on Twitter, like, yeah, you know, they've cancelled three Karakan shows, but that's okay because there's still 374 of them happening because they're just fucking hammering yeah. these Roto shows out this year. It's just it's unreal, just unreal. I can't I, I can't even fuck it. like. The amount of times I've put the words Corican Hall into that app this year is fucking <laughs> phenomenal. You should never forget how to spell it, mate. It's phenomenal. <laughs> it's it's almost like that. my default thing. I just start putting it in and then I look and I just double, yeah, it was Corican, of course it was, because <laughs> like, it wouldn't be anywhere else. Why would it? Why would it? Um, mm. But yeah, on that note, while we're, we're talking New Japan Strong, we might as well talk it's. Uh, Crash TV cousin in MLW, which <laughs> is that a fair comparison? <laughs> the similar shows, aren't they? Except, yeah, one is uh, one's more sports entertainment, one's more pure wrestling. Um, and yeah, you oh. know, JP, you moan every week that I'll, I'll leave. I yeah. heard you on the weekend on the news update this morning saying Ben only gives me three minutes for these topics. Look at this, got half an hour left here, Gareth. Let's have a big chat about MLW the week that <laughs> JP has. Only that's JP. We'll leave time for let's uh, break it down. We can't, I haven't got half an hour to, <laughs> to break down for MLW, like, and I'm always already done me bit i wasted it on the weekend well not wasted but i, I threw it on the, on the weekend show where the, uh, genuinely the truth and i feel terrible for it i really did only realize that mlw was the the lead into it uh, to dynamite this wednesday when i was bored looking for something to do 
put on my Google TV and it popped up on YouTube that MLW was airing at that very moment. And I'll tell you what, JP, what a way to uh, get ready for time. I just throw some some MLW on if you'd ever mentioned it at any point. Um, no. <laughs> I could have been Never. doing it this entire time. So I specifically cover the results of it every single week. <laughs> Like, I think I just thought sure it was head to head. I just assumed it was on while Dynamite was on or after Dynamite when I was in bed already. I, I don't know. Um, yeah, I just wasn't listening. I apologise, JP. I wasn't paying attention to the grapple calendar as uh, you've told me off for. So as long as it stays yeah. on a Wednesday, 12 o'clock, JP, I guarantee you I will watch it uh, every week. Um, so there you go. There's a promise. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Gareth, you uh, you caught this one and you were saying you got a... I'm expecting some detailed notes for you on this one, Gareth. MLW TV, you know. Big matches, big stars, big star ratings. Lots to say. There was a lot of adverts. Was that lawyer on? PN News. PN News, Stephen P News. There was definitely a part where I was like looking at the timings and I was thinking, fucking hell, is this main event going to go half an hour or something? And then actually between the second match and the main event, there was a good 35 minutes of adverts and general just bullshit content kind of thing just dragging it out to to, to fill the hour but um but yeah oh god yeah while you're talking there about watching um Brody king and tom law having a match uh, that was right up my street i was there watching gino medina and um, you know, king, Mo, king mo and the likes you know, it was a- I love JP's burials of Gino though, like on the daily updates. One of my favourite things. <laughs> you hate him so much. He's shit. He's shit. He's so shit. Sorry. Yeah. Can't get around it now. And it was a shit match, wasn't it, Gareth? <laughs> I'd even rate it on the app. I would have given it a one star if I could have. Like Rocky Romero is a very professional wrestler. Maybe he can drag it out to a one and a half. A match happened. <laughs> <laughs> well, in my notes here, I've written that I give it two point seven five. I don't oh. know if I did or not because it, because I've literally wrote Gino Medina versus Rocky Romero. Rocky Armbar wins two point seven five. So I don't know. What, I don't, I've got nothing in between, and I've got nothing in my memory to fill in the blanks in in, in between. In nothing fact, happens. you could probably put a you could put a, put a picture of Gino Medina up on the screen now, and like in some kind of like. You know, crime watch e fit thing, and I, I don't know if I could pick him up, from, pick him out from the line. To be honest, so I, don't, I don't know where I've got to that from. Um, oh. And yeah, the, uh, the the next match, obviously, uh, King Mo against um, Robert Martyr. I've got 0.5 stars for that one. King King Mo wins with a side choke. He's like, bad. I'm sorry, but like King Mo's time in wrestling, JP was like how many years ago in Impact? Like seven years ago, when he was Dixie Carter's bodyguard or whatever the fuck he was. That was the time when he had a bit of juice behind him to be like, oh, we're going to make this UFC fight for the wrestler. No one gives a fuck about King Mo. No one knows who he is. Why are they wasting the time with these one minute shit matches? Yeah, he was never that big a star. He's awful. Dan Lambert's Um, good, though. He's good value. It's an excuse to use. The best thing is. The best thing he's ever done in wrestling is when he's being interviewed by Dave Meltzer about MMA after a Bellator show, and then they just start talking about the Young Bucks out of nowhere, and he just starts going into fucking wrestling, and you're like, oh, this bloke's really into his indie wrestling. He's like talking about PWG shows. That's his best contribution to wrestling. (laughs) Anything in the ring. Leo Rush, Leo Rush propped it with a promo, and um, that just gave me awful flashbacks to, like... 
WrestleMania weekend and just watching Leo Rush <laughs> half ass it on uh, on indie shows there. And I thought, yeah. like, yeah, given the uh, given the level of uh, what I've seen on MLW, uh, that probably feels like that's going to be more of what I'll be getting out of Leo Rush as well uh, next time I tune in there. So that wasn't one that made me uh, particularly excited for his uh, middleweight title match that was going to be happening with Myron Reed further down the down the line. That just felt like something that I could have been watching at fucking two a.m. on IWTV or something like that a fortnight ago. So that didn't sell me either. So uh, it wasn't a it wasn't a particularly a particularly good start. However, the main event. I don't know what you thought about this, Benno, but I really like. I enjoyed this. I enjoyed this to the level that I gave it three stars. So Fucking that's uh, <laughs> that's, that, that, that's very much in um, having that's sat here and, 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 and laughed at the volume of under two star matches in MLW. This felt like a. <laughs> five-star classic on the mlw scale from uh, what we normally like pick it out here but it was it was nice it was that um well i'm a star and a half student. so i'm gonna need you to talk me into this like you did darby allen oh, Boy, so oh, God, talk I, quite, me up. I quite liked i quite liked this uh so it was tjp against uh, how do i pronounce this buku dao buku dai yeah like it was a uh, i thought Not they got the story now, across yeah <laughs> <laughs> i said that was, that was five star um <laughs> the um they, they, they got the story over um quite well the student against teacher thing i thought i thought it was quite good with like tjp sort of like bullying him very early and then like breaking up the hope spot and you know TJP getting on top, countering moves, been one step ahead with him being the teacher and um, um, sort of telling that little story. But then, um, then um, Bukaki getting the win there at the, at the end. With the, uh, <laughs> Bukaki always gets the win. With the, uh, with the uh, cheeky uh, flatliner from the top rope for the one, two, three. Uh, I thought it was uh, I thought it was quite nice because I thought it was going to tell the story that could go the other way where the teacher got the better in. But no, he got the uh, he got the the uh, happy uh, happy baby face win at the end there the teacher coming out on top so yeah the quite, like, quite, like, quite, quite, <laughs> quite like this as the uh, as, as that little student teacher dynamic in, in, in that match and yeah nice little uh, nice little three star gentleman's three <laughs> Yeah, I went gentleman's one and a half. I mean, I don't disagree with anything you said, but like, <laughs> I kind of just want to go, yep, star and a half. I just, I think for me, like, I just, I find like Buku Dao or whatever, like, he's just, he, I don't know, he's, he's just rough, rough as any. And it did, you could see the seams of the match. You could see TJP was literally walking him through every spot and he looked out yeah. of place several times in the match mm-hmm. for me. He's rough, but that's the kind, kind of guy I get it. You know, you're MLW in that position. You know, he's, he's a unique, guy to have on your roster type of thing worth giving it a try but yeah i think that was where, where it where it lost me um maybe starting off a bit harsh but temple w was si- to change it <laughs> sorry it, it, it was it was six times better than king mo against robert martin <laughs> fair fair i can't argue with that who's <laughs> who was top of the p what was happening in the pwi rankings did they go through that at all? it was a, is that the top <laughs> yeah. 10 because Filthy Tom was yeah. near the top. I think Hammerstone's still one, isn't he? Is he not? Or, or is it, yeah, Fancy, yeah. Or is it both of them? Like, uh, I think yeah. maybe, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah there, was a, there was a Lost Parks uh, promo you would have enjoyed, JP. That was, uh, oh. that was a little highlight between the uh, the first couple of matches. I'm always uh, I'm always into uh, LA Park cutting promos on El Jefe. Um, there was that. What else happened on wrestling? Court Bauer came to talk about the, um, oh. the TV deal. Bit weird though, we're getting mixed information on it because I swear he said that they were ending 
because I, I was going to make the joke like the the week I discover MLW is on, I say discover, realize MLW is on right before Dynamite. He literally said we're about to end the season. You talking about like yeah. the, the the maybe this? I think it was this week's show. I think it was the the, the show the week after yeah. is going to be the end of season episodes. So I thought that was weird. Like I haven't caught on TV to do that because doesn't sound like that's what's he's, actually happening, does he? He said, he said they were taping in July. He yeah. Said, but with people, with fans, the, the, that was the idea, wasn't it? The, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The new season has been taped in July, so mm. so I mean, I took it as oh, they're having two months off. Yeah, that that was yeah. the way it felt to me before he was rudely interrupted by Contra. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course, he was. Give them their proper name. Come on. <laughs> is, is there a way to not be rudely interrupted by ISIS? Like it's always going to be rudely interrupted. <laughs> you yeah. never want them there. <laughs> I mean, if you go from court mail to a beheading video, it's probably a little But it's, yeah, I got, well, it's very funny. I mean, like you say, there's a lot of mixed messages on this because I thought the idea was to have them deliberately on after Dark Side of the Ring, and that's starting up in, what, just over a week. Maybe it's old shows. Maybe we're getting it wrong. They don't want to be putting on those underground. I mean, again, what, Satoshi Kojima winning the sort of, you know, first championship at MLW Reload. Oh, they um, love that. They love that. St- Steve Carino and the Extreme Horseman. Oh, like, that's, you know, like that's that's not really going to cut the mustard. I mean, there's a novelty value to that, but you don't want to be putting that kind of stuff on. Like you want to start with off with a bang. You want to throw that because the T's and Hammerstone yeah. and Fato, aren't they, to mm-hmm. merge the titles? That you launch with that, don't you? Surely. Oh, yeah. Odd. You'd have thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, we're asking JP is the MLW whisperers to explain this to us, but <laughs> I'll, I'd I'd happily give a go trying to whisper that company. I mean, it's it's inexplicable at times. <laughs> I just admire them for picking people really at times by random, and at times you end up with a Hammerstone who I think has got something really about him. I agree. Like he needs to go somewhere. Like, Imagine he was I, in Jack Swagger's spot in uh, the inner circle. Like at least the, yeah. before the momentum, then with him, I think you could use him maybe yeah. for something else. There is, there is definitely something there, like, and it's just a case he needs to be working with better workers, which means wrestling somewhere else, frankly, um, and that's part of, and that's part of the thing with him. But they take these punts on people, even like Richard Holiday, True. who, like, as got a wrestler, the spot, didn't he? He did, and that's what the whole dynasty was there for. I remember saying at the time, like, I think the point of the point of having um doing death matches was to get Mance Warner over and then he left mm. and then the like you know it was all about getting Jacob Fatu to that kind of next level where he's believed that's why LA Park put him over but yeah they're a they're a fascinating company there you go. we'll leave it at that fascinating is a word <laughs> with many meanings <laughs> it's like you know one man's 3.75 is, a, is another man's three, you know, different type of 3.75 um, it's another scale though the MLW scale I love it <laughs> a one and a half is a gentleman's three it's, it's <laughs> perfect isn't it very true, Paul. I'll tune in Wednesday, JP. I'll keep this going. We'll uh, we'll talk again uh, next week. But do you want to give you a, a little bit of time to uh, yeah catch us up on the uh, on the Champions Carnival? I believe uh, you were in a certain member of the roster's uh, Instagram stories the other day, uh, willing him on, and you know seems to have made all the difference now, oh. JP. Oh, it has. I've caught up on Chitar. <laughs> that was a bizarre thing I did on the way home from work. <laughs> He's said like he was on Instagram live, like, and I just like sit, uh been listening about the champions carnival and i was like slightly like kind of pissed off 
And I'd, I'd said to him on there, so it's a fucking disgrace out there booking you, big man. And then hashtag Cronky out. Um, just, just in case. I wanted to check what kind of fan he was. I was like, all right, mate, how legacy are we? How much of a legacy fan are you? Shitaro, you know, we're going to test this out. Well, he's had a barnstormer of a week. He's won twice since then wow. in, a, in a good match against Shuji Ishikawa. And he uh, defeated Shinjiro Atani in a couple of good matches, which, I mean, I'm not going to go kind of massively in-depth into the Champions Carnival. Like, it, it seems a bit more interesting. Maybe this is just like the greatest bit of underdog booking that we've ever seen because, um, like, I'd be fascinated to see what what they do with this. But he's won twice. He's up to six points. There's a load of people on eight points. There's still a, a, a few matches left. The thing with this is, if you just left it on in the background, you get a series of eight to ten minute long matches that are generally quite stiff, quite well worked, and are kind of fine, like for the most part. And then what there's been is like I, I would recommend watching Zeus versus Kento Miyahara. It's not like one of their kind of classics, and they did that on night one. Um, but I thought it was really good. They got really good chemistry. Zeus can work main events. That's the thing with him. He's not like the greatest wrestler in the world, but he can certainly work kind of like that, almost like that kind of main event style. And it was under 20 minutes. Mm. So it wasn't like overstaying its welcome. And it's front of very small crowds if if you've seen it on there. But like watching Miyahara, like he's just a master at pacing a match. And he, he seems to make it the stuff that should normally feel quite dull when they go to the outside suddenly becomes like a bit more captivating. So that's good. I'd recommend that. I think I went four, I think I went 4.25 for, for that one. And then I went, um, uh, yeah, the other stuff on the, in, in terms of the other matches on there, there's, there's loads of stuff I've got to catch up on in between, mm. including most of sort of day seven uh, as well. Hopefully, Soon enough, and it depends what's happening with the car with the carnival. So going to kind of empty arenas, I don't oh, know if yeah. that's we to close it Friday, out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because of the the COVID restrictions, so that kind of ruins that. I think Stardom Cinderella tournament might effectively end up being cancelled as a result of this. So like, it's it feels like he's going back into kind of lockdown mode again. So we may be seeing a bit of an end of the Puro scene. I know we've had to cancel shows. They're still doing the one on Thursday, the um, Kitamiya versus um, Muto match. Mm. But then I think that in in and of itself might end up like that might be the last kind of big show they do for a while. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens in Japan for a bit. Yeah. As doing on the, the app, Gareth, like as far as like, ratings go because i was having a little look today like and uh, it's, it's one of them where like a bit like a new japan show doing the card matches i got like five mm-hmm. votes but then you get to the main events and they're doing like you know 50 odd people uh are getting in and rating them so like it does seem like people are paying attention yeah i think yeah it feels like it's one of those things that people do you know they are picking and choosing you know they're mm-hmm. just going straight for the matches that whether or not they're they're using the app to pick out the the best ratings or it's just something that they're just seeing a bit of buzz on but you know when you look there you know you know the better matches you can get to the, that level on the app the mihara zeus matches the one that's you know as jp said there that's the one that's that jumped out for him it's the one that's jumping out on the app it's at 398 average on the app so essentially it's averaging out as like a four-star match has been the the best of the tournament bit um there but then you you know you have got like the mihara suama match suama uriagi and suama zeus you know so just combinations of those guys really at the top end there you know you know 
putting out stuff in that 3.75 to four star range so again if, uh, if if that's your thing then you know clearly there's been a been a handful of matches there that have been uh, been been in the mark to a certain level it's a good contrast to new japan at the moment where it's very sports entertainment this is just no frills big lads lumping into each other in that kind of all japan style and sometimes it can be good sometimes it can feel a bit dull and plodding but you know what this presentation of wrestling at the moment is something that I, I'm more happy to see than anything New Japan related. Mm. I've, I've pinned my flag to the Noah must. So, so, uh, <laughs> He's a Noah so, guy. Now. I haven't got time for this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm an MLW guy now, so that's my excuse. Um, but, yes. <laughs> did you want to mention uh, quickly before we go, JP, that MCW show? Um, yes. And I, again, I mean, this is going to feel like a kind of a repetition of, of anything else. I'll, I'll go through this because this, again, is really good fun. Like, I think with this, because it, it exists in this entire bubble where there isn't these kind of big name imports coming in, it's all local characters again. It's all the same stuff I said last time with this, but it was a good, fun monthly show. There wasn't anything like kind of wrestling-wise that went above... I think I went 3.75 on one match, which was Slex versus Mitch Waterman, because I thought that that was good. Um, but it was it was interesting. And again, if you're spending like and and you know, um, full disclaimer, like I was I sent a screen a copy of it. Really enjoyable. Like it's two pound eighty two. And think of the way worse ways of spending two pound eighty two than like watching a show. Given the state of some of the the beer in this country, in particular, I'm not post lockdown. Well, yeah, everything's London price. It would get you possibly a third of a decent craft beer, <laughs> but like, yeah, yeah. But for this, like, I I just really enjoy the presentation of it. It's very very clear the characters are. There's a lot of investment in youth. I mean, there's stuff about it that I'm I'm not necessarily mad about, which is like Lockie Hendricks, this kind of Australian wrestling legend who has this Australian wrestling legends contract. And there's a whole kind of backstory for these people. It's pretty tricky to kind of pick up on at times. He kind of interjects himself into the Inter-Commonwealth title match and sort of made it a three-way. That was with Caveman Ugg, who you might well have seen from PWG, and a guy called uh, Richie Taylor. He just sort of became a bit uh, sports entertainment then he came out into colour commentary later on. And then when he was on colour commentary, he was quite good. He was like a heel colour commentator, but actually he wasn't like just outright always disagreeing with the host. It wasn't like the annoying heel type. And he was quite good. And then he came out again at the at the end. He kind of broke character. He was going to interject himself in the world title match. And then he got taken out by one of the guys he screwed over in the first match, Richie Taylor. So like I've, I didn't enjoy that stuff. But when he was on commentary, I actually thought, oh, this guy's quite good. Just have him on commentary. Mm. Like, that's his role. And then he's doing a like a kind of a, a storyline piece, which is the, the thing about this show, again, production values, spot on. Like, this is just an easy watch from that perspective as well. Um, a lot of the, uh, yeah, the, there was stuff on the undercard that was just sort of like, like Avery versus Kellyanne. It was, it was good, it, but it was very short. So like, I, I think I went two and a half on it and I enjoyed the Kellyanne character. I'm kind of intrigued to see, like it was interesting, but it was so definitive. Um, there was a guy who's making his debut called Anth Cava um, out there with like Skylar Cruz. And it's all very stereotypical kind of what I imagine Aussie bro type to be. And he was in there with this guy called Mikey Broderick who just does loads of squats. And do you know what? It was fucking fun. 
for what it was. They weren't reinventing the wheel. But in some ways, if you're bringing through new young talent, this is the kind of stuff you have them doing. Get that connection with the crowd, get the reps in the ring. Absolutely fine. You can get on board with this as well. And like, again, it was it was just like a kind of very much by, you know, a standard kind of basic professional wrestling match, but was always kind of fun with some good comedy spots. The main one was Slex versus Mitch Waterman. And I think, again, I said this about Slex last month. He's good. He's like a consummate pro, but he can kind of do a bit of everything. Because, like, when he was down on the mat, he was good. When he's in the air, he's good. And he's up against the guy who won the ballroom brawl, which was, like, the Royal Rumble event they had. And he's part of a tag team called the Brat Pack. And they basically push, like, trying to get him up there as a, as a bit of a singles. And he loses to him. But it's one of these matches where, like, he goes for a spiral tap. And that's what his downfall is. And then Slex kind of taps it in, who's basically saying, like, he's like a gatekeeper of the promotion. But you get this. And I've got, again... Don't know too much about the storylines, but I'm kind of like, yeah, this is this is kind of good fun. What was um and then after that, you talk about like kind of like they had a guy who was finished third in the Commonwealth Games. He's in there as this kind of monster figure called Jake Andrew Arthur, which is spelt really weird. It's like Andrew and Arthur is one word, but with an A at the end. It's like <laughs> but but he did he's basically like he was taking on three three on one elimination match. He was just squashing people. Um and it was kind of fun and it was different and the live crowd liked it because that's the other thing. There's a full crowd. There's like, that was I don't know how many. It is, mm-hmm. but, you know, it's it's what they can do now. Yeah. You know, and uh, that's why I was, I was thinking about Aussie rules because there's a few people from the, from Geelong and I was like, oh, that's my Aussie rules team, that one as well. So, like, I was kind of getting on board with a few of these. That guy, Rocky Monero, who's one of my, like, kind of favourite like kind of regional heels at the moment mm. as this kind of really smarmy guy. Oh, he is great. He was in there against another flashy dude and he beat him. He does kind of all common sense moves. So the flashy guys do the flashy stuff and he's like, nah, fuck this. I'm just going to put a knee in there and it's going <laughs> to screw you over. And it's great. And then in the main event, our old friend, Benno, Adam Brooks. Oh, he's there. He's the MCW champion. I mean, yeah, old Brooks. The loose legs. He was pulling on that smile, wasn't he? When we when we were speaking to him, and he was very much in Aussie backpacker mode, being <laughs> literally having been like pulled away from a woman he'd never appeared to have met before in his life. Like, she pulled him event. away from talking to us as well. She did. <laughs> Which is it fair was the enough. better option. Yeah. Yep, I you know in hindsight, you know, God, that's I don't I, t- I don't like take any insult that at all. He didn't get. A, I don't think he got a fair crack of the whip over here. I just think he was used badly. Like he tried to like do this weird osprey thing in both rev pro and yes. progress actually, and it just I don't know, just didn't feel like they followed through properly. He wasn't used to his you know his best in his best way really. You know whether he was a heel or a face. Just didn't work, and it felt like something that came in as well when Brit Rez was still hot, and for whatever reason, mm. he didn't really connect with you while he was here. It was a shame, though. No. Yeah, I, 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 I never thought he landed. I, I, you were expecting so much more of him from what you'd like read rep. when he was coming yeah. over. I remember, I remember watching him at shows and just been like, "Why is why is this guy supposed to be any better than <laughs> anything else that we're watching here?" He, he sort of felt like a level yeah. below a lot of the you know the uh, hyped imports that we'd we'd had in probably the twelve months prior to him coming over. Mm. well here I mean in terms of him as a wrestler I kind of think that the part of the problem was is because of the Osprey stuff we expected him to be flashy mm. and he really kind of isn't yeah. he's like a kind of good all-rounder character and in a lot of ways he is and he's he's very much sort of character but he's he's got a bit of poise to him mm. and I think he's signed to Ring of Honor he certainly was at one he point was, as yeah. well Um, and 
they've sort of built up a story of his kind of career. So he, here, he completely works. And he was in there against a guy called Danny Psycho's absolute fucking unit of a man covered in more tattoo than man at points. <laughs> but like he's, and he's like, this is where you're getting into your MCW history. He was like the first champion. So it's like the first champion versus the current champion. And it was like, it was fine. It's probably about five minutes too long. Um, but again, it was like a kind of a, a good match, sort of bigger guy kind of beating him and squashing him down. And in the end of it, they announced they're doing Robbie Eagles versus Adam Brooks next month, which made me think, I'll watch that. I like Robbie Eagles. I'd be happy to see him in that kind of environment. I'm glad for Adam Brooks. I'm glad that he's kind of like, effectively, you think of how young he was when he came over. Like, and I joke about him being like kind of Aussie backpacker when we met him. But you know what effectively he was? He was a young lad who was traveling the world, wouldn't have really known himself. He's gone back home. He's wrestling a bit more. He feels a bit more kind of sort of grizzled. He's in around like some some good talent. So yeah, MCW, it's it's well worth your time. Don't go if you go in there expecting to see sort of five star matches and the like, it's 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 you're not really getting that. What you are getting is effectively stuff that is of the same quality as like a lot of the impact, but without like, but you're so pleasantly surprised mm. and you think, yeah, these are, these are good young wrestlers who are going to go somewhere and seeing how WWE loves to sign Australian wrestlers at the minute and sign another couple in the last week. Mm-hmm. Like it, 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 they're churning out talent because there's lo- there's other promotions that I never even get a chance to go into as well. So I was Aussie, say, right. I was going to say, Enjoy it while you can, yeah, with these signings coming up. They'll probably be NXT Australia will probably be plunked in there in about 12 months' time or something like that, and the uh, Aussie fans will be moaning about uh, things in the same way that we've been. Yeah, that's it. I'm sure there's an Aussie equivalent to, to us doing a Road to Ali Pali podcast as we speak. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah, anything more on that, JP, or anything else you want to mention before we, uh, we do get out of here? No, that's I didn't watch the Ref Pro show in really enough detail for it. Might catch I up mean, on that okay. mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll get to that. I but. think outside of that, I've probably gone through a whole list of stuff there for people to watch. But I actually have to think it was quite a decent week in wrestling. Mm. It was. God forbid, for the most part. Some some good matches for people to kind of dip in and out of. A lot of 3.75 stars around. Uh, oh, but, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, we should uh, leave it there then. Uh, Gareth, anything you want to uh, plug from the, uh, the Grapple Lens before we go? No, just same as always. Download the Grapple app at Google Play or App Store. Just search for Grapple. I don't think I need to say no E at the end anymore. (laughs) Um, I think you all know by now. But uh, yeah, just give us a follow on Twitter as well. That's Grapple app. Awesome. JP? Uh, You can find us at patreon.com forward slash grapple. You can find me on Twitter at JPGP. Um, Yes, as we mentioned, Wrestling Society X, daily updates, weekend previews. We're going to be doing a um, top five... um, poll as well for for patrons to join in on so yeah get on board look forward to that just a quick note people might have started to notice like ads appearing in the uh in the free version of uh of the podcast hopefully they're not too um intrusive uh, working on the other uh, timing of them i believe the time and the last week's one wasn't great uh, i think a good davy portman was telling me he got an advert for what was it? it was like a cancer charity and popeye's chicken at two hours 57 minutes <laughs> it's like okay i'll uh i'll, I'll work on the edit yeah i think it's it's all like because it's through red circle they like, they pick things that are of local like it's there's 
specific to him. Not everyone will have got Popeye's yeah. chicken, but no, though obviously as well for patrons, I'm going to be putting a version of the podcast up that you know has no ads as well um, in the in the Patreon feed. I think that's uh, that's fair to do too. But hopefully, yeah, they're not too uh, too yeah. distracting for people. But I, I'd a visa ad, mate. Did you? When I when I put it <laughs> oh, on, because the other one was more. This is very ABC well. one, isn't it? This is <laughs> yeah. like. Are we the demographic you're going for? Do you not want to be on a Formula One podcast or something? <laughs> oh, funny. Yeah. So let me know what are the interesting ads. Did anybody get any for Blue Chew or anything? Because we're after them for a sponsor. Manscaped, if you're out there, you know, give us a shout. Uh, yeah. Like a, we could, Shave uh, your bollocks, take the pills. Oh, there you go. There's your ad. There you go. JP, perfect man to wear to call those out. But yeah, I did want to mention that. But yeah, as JP says, uh, like I say, uh, unedited, um, untouched version of the podcast will be over on the Patreon all our other stuff's on the page and as well as the uh the backlog but yeah other than that follow me on twitter at benson richard e and we will be back again to do it all again next monday night cheers all bye <laughs>